At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to the Jimmy Star Show, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. Hey, yeah. we got a great show for everybody today. And before we get started, let me introduce my cool, outrageous man about town, Ron Russell. Dead air. Dead I'm air. letting him Ron, wait there. a minute. Are we on? You're on. Yeah, we're on. <laughs> no, Don, no. Okay. I am saying that I am letting Jimmy introduce me now because he gets so upset when I jump the gun and I don't wait for him to introduce me. There you go. So now throughout the show, yawn, 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 wait for him to introduce me. How boring is that? But we'll do what Jimmy says because he's the boss. There you go. I like that. We also got the uh, man behind the boards, uh, Mr. Chad Murphy. Like a boss, like a boss, like a boss. There you yeah. go. He liked you. He was so happy with your comment last week that he 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 was like on on heaven all week long, Chad. No, no, only because it was such a kind from the heart compliment, and those are the kind that count. You know the bullshit that people throw you with, darling, you're fabulous. That goes right over my head. But when somebody is as kind as Chad was and said what he said, so greatly appreciated. And yes, it did make my week. All there right, you go. I'm glad to but hear that. That's what we're all about. We're people who should make everybody happy. Yes, I sir. believe in that. I agree. What's up, chat room? What chat up, chat room? room? What's up? I can't actually see that who's in the chat room at the moment. I'm still trying to like get on, and it's having problems. But, Chad, there's people in the chat room. Say hi for me and tell me who's in there. What up, chat room? I can't see that far. Guess me, Dinger, Ginger, Irish, Melissa Rudd. You got it? Yeah, it's starting to come up now. Irish Ginger, Mia, Camille, Rebel, Rudd, Morley. Morley. What's up, Morley? Sherry, Emily, Rebel. Everybody, welcome to the Jimmy Star Show. We got a great show for you today. If you have everybody else listening, if you hit the ITV button on the top of the of W4CY webpage, um, you can see Ron and I. We're waving at you now. We look really pretty. Ron's wearing a beautiful Jimmy Star shirt. Tell them about your shirt. My shirt. This is a private one that I wear all the time, and I love it. It's a stripe. In a, in a red and white and blue, and the pockets and the sleeves are of cars, because I love cars. I'm a car freak. And these are vintage cars. I think it's a vintage Corvette, a vintage truck. I love it. When I wear it, I have got to tell you, I'm stopped constantly, no matter where we go, especially by younger people. They say, man, I love that shirt. It's cool. Did you get it? Marshalls, I said. 
Well, no. no, not exactly Marshall's. I mean, maybe Marshall's twelve ninety nine, Jimmy Star one hundred and twenty dollars, <laughs> but on sale now, folks. So you can't have this because it's a one of a kind, made in America original that Jimmy designed especially for a car nut like me, and I stole it out of the warehouse. That's where I shop. I go in. Matter of fact, I have to go in the warehouse and get some more stuff because I'm running out of clothes to wear on this show. Chevy or Ford? I, huh? Chevy or Ford? There's a Ford and a Chevy. It's, it's fabulous. I My mean, God, for the first time in history, Chevy and Ford together. I like well, it. There you go. Well, the, the truck is a Ford, and the car, of course, is a Vet, which is a Chevy. American-made. Oh, that, there's a Mercedes on there, too. Yeah. What? Wait, yes, there's a Mercedes. Mercedes on got there. it all. Could that, could, could that truck possibly be a Chevy, too, Jimmy? I don't know, because it looks like a Chevy Ford. Well, it looks good. Anyway, it's anyway, a great shirt. If you guys <laughs> go to eBay and plug in Jimmy Star mm-hmm. Brand anywhere on eBay, I've got a whole bunch of shirts posted. They're all on sale. It's terrific. And it's uh, just go into eBay and plug it, and you'll see there's all kinds of stuff. Morley misses his Mercedes. Sherry wants a, a signed Jimmy Star shirt so she can take it. But, so I want, I'd like to it. tell you this. When I first saw Jimmy's line, I fainted because there were some of the T-shirts that I think are disgusting, vulgar, crude, and horrible, and nobody should wear such crap. Well, we went to the Metropolitan Museum of Art the other day, and we saw the punk show. Yes. And everybody was there, the top, top designers in the world, and every one of them had a torn T-shirt with the same filth on it that Jimmy has on his dirty T-shirts. So I guess the idea today to wear a T-shirt that says, like, go mm, yourself or mm-hmm, da-ha, I mean, all kinds of crap uh, is in. Vulgarity today has become a fashion. Well, I'm not in agreement with that, but vulgarity has become a fashion. How's that, Chad, though? Like the fact that like stuff actually like a lot of the stuff that was in there was from current seasons. It was in the at the Met, all the best designers, stuff that had just come out in the last few years. And a lot of it is stuff that I did like 10 years ago. And they were like copying my stuff. I swear they were just that I only make one of them. So there's no way to see through blouses, you know, men's. Men's dunk. penises hanging out. Awesome. I mean, really, really like, you know, like disgusting rigs. That Done I by Versace and, and Vivian Westwood and yeah. like all the greatest designers. It was awesome. So anybody who's in New York should definitely go see mm-hmm. the punk fashion exhibit at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Uh, I had a blast. We had a really good time and we enjoyed it. And I have a tip for you girls out there. Go out and buy in Marshalls for nine ninety nine a plain black dress to the floor. Then get scissors and start to cut a hole in it and put a lot of safety pins in it. And then get it and rip it around where your boob is so one boob hangs out. And guess what? It's worth you're, like you're two, wearing, two grand. You're wearing a, 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 a Vivian Westwood. There it is. And for it's like, worth like two grand. Like no, $12,000. It's so easy today to dress chic. Just rip it up and pin it and you're in. That's funny. Isn't that funny? <laughs> so I awesome. think uh, we want to, again, give a shout-out to everybody in the chat room. We're going to actually call our first guest in a couple of minutes. Um, but, again, we went to see the punk fashion exhibit at the Met. We went on Thursday. We spent all day. It was a lot of fun. Um, and we had a good time, i got to tell you. But, you know, if, you, if you're ordering a cup of tea, remember, it's five bucks. For boiled water and a Lipton tea bag, I almost passed out. But it's okay. <laughs> no, it's okay because that money goes towards the museum, and I really don't feel badly about it. But um, we had – Jimmy had potato chips and a Coca-Cola, and my friend Perry just had a, a water like me with a tea bag, and it was like an $18 bill. Yeah, Chad, we were freaking out. <laughs> So wow. I just said, no, but I did say to Jimmy, it's all very that money, expensive. it goes to the museum. If that were a store out in the street, I would have walked out and been angry. But it goes to the museum, and let's face it, they need money. Um, the museum, you know, funded by all of the old multi-gazillionaires like the Rockefellers and the Whitney's, but I think they've also run out of money. 
Because when they were multimillionaires, the dollar was valuable. Now they're trillions of millions of crap today. So we need to support the museums, all of the museums, the great museums of Philadelphia, as well as New York City, Chicago. I don't think L.A. has a museum, does it? I lived out there 100 years ago. I don't know. I, I don't, didn't ever live there. I just go I, I don't visit. remember going to an L, a museum in L.A. Anyway, we're going to go on. So if you're in, anyway, you should check it out. If you're in the New York metropolitan New York area, since we are syndicated at a couple of radio stations in New York, go see the, the punk fashion exhibit at the Met. It was freaking awesome. We have a great show for oh, you wait, guys I today. I just want to say one more oh, thing. Go ahead. They ask you to donate $25 a person for the ticket. But if you cannot afford it, you could give them $1 and you're allowed in because the museum is for everyone, those that can afford $25 gift and those that can only afford $1. So go. Don't let money stop you. Absolutely. Chad, have you ever been to the Met? I have not. You would like it because it has everything. I mean, there's really something for everybody there. You know, like it's not just like paintings and stuff. It's really got different exhibits and there's something for everybody. And we just missed, missed the French Impressionist show, which I wanted to see so badly. Cause Jimmy's Ron not, likes the furniture, well, though. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I love the furniture. Yeah, the <laughs> antique, you know, 300, 400-year-old furniture. But they had a wonderful French exhibit of, you know, um, Toulouse-Lautrec. And I love Lautrec. And Jimmy wasn't familiar with Lautrec. Except so, from that movie. Well, I wanted to bring Jimmy in and show him what Lautrec did. And why one day when Jimmy's rich, he's going to buy me a Lautrec with the Bentley. There you go. We're going to go in the Bentley convertible to buy the Latrec. There you go. I like that. So, everybody, we got a great show in a second. We're going to call Fiona Doriff. She's in the new Chucky movie that's coming out during Halloween called Curse of Chucky. She's also uh, part of Amarok Productions' new film, um, Precious Metal, which we had Paul Sorvino on last, which we had a blast. Paul Sorvino was awesome. And then after that, later on today, we've got Eileen Dietz. And Eileen Dietz, everybody knows, um, basically like was all the nasty parts of the Regan character in the Exorcist movie. Plus, she's been in a ton of other movies and TV shows. And it'll, it should be a whole lot of fun. And we're going to have her come on. And then, Chad, just so you know, at like 4.30, the guy who uh, helped write her book is going to be calling in on us. And he's coming on with us. Awesome. Uh, she's coming on first, and then we're going to have him come on um, again. Hey, everybody in the chat room, what's up? Everything is going good. And now we're going to call our first guest, Fiona Dorif. And that's up to Chad. We'll go la, 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 la. Stand by. <laughs> Stand by. Caller, go ahead. That was my telephone. <laughs> Hello? Hello, is this Fiona Dorif? <laughs> this is. Hi, this is Jimmy Starr. Welcome to the Jimmy Starr Show. Fiona. Hello, thank you for having me. Um, <laughs> we're very excited to have you. And before we get started, uh, well, let me introduce you to everybody. Starting out with our cool, outrageous man about town, Ron Russell. Hi, honey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I have to ask you a question. Your name is Fiona Duff, correct? No. What? Uh, no, your name? Uh, uh, I guess it depends on where you're from. I think it's, uh, I pronounce it Doris, like Dorf. a door in the... So, do people with dentures have a hard time saying Fiona Dorf? Like, do their teeth fall out? Because it's a very hard name to say if you have dentures. I don't have dentures, by the way. I have, I mean, if I had dentures, they wouldn't be these ugly fangs I've got. I would have gorgeous. I think that might be true. I would have wall-to-wall pearly whites. Anyway, now well, we, have, we-, we have to introduce Chad. So we got the man behind the boards, Chad Murphy. Hey, Fiona, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chad. Thank you for having me. Good to have you. And welcome to the Jimmy Star Show. Before we get started, we have a whole chat room full of people. If you could give a shout out to everybody. Oh, everybody. 
There you go. And tell us where where are we talking to you? Where are you? Um, I am in the middle of Chicago. Uh, I'm on State Street in Chicago, oh. kind of wandering around, being a tourist. There you go. That's fun. And we should let everybody know you're on you're on State Street in Chicago because you're filming Precious Metal, the movie, which we're going to come back and Indeed. talk about. Um, so we are going to talk about it, but I thought we could talk about some other stuff first and come back to it. And uh, we did okay. have Paul Sorvino on last week. He was great. I'm very excited for the movie. It looks fantastic, and you're going to talk all about it in a minute. Um, but is first, Paul, Is Paul in that film, too? Yes. Oh, great. It's the same film. He's a sweetie pie. Do you know him well? <laughs> Fiona, yeah, well, you know? we've gotten to know each other pretty well. He oh, plays he's, your father. He's really not, oh, he plays your father. He's really a sweet he does, guy. Yeah. What a nice yeah, guy. Yeah, he's lovely. I really he's liked lovely. him a lot. So yeah. I just wanna, yeah, I wanna, yeah, we have fun. I want to do a plug. We're going to come back to the movie because we want to promote the movie as much as we can. Um, but but I just want to start off by um, saying because like you, you come from like Hollywood royalty – and uh, and I think it's so awesome that you are, uh, you know, you're an actress and you're taking after the family traditions and everything. And you've been in so many cool stuff that you've got coming up. I'm very, very excited just to have you on the phone. Um, your dad, I've actually met him at a convention. He's like an icon. He's been in like some of the most awesome, you know, movies ever. So like I thought maybe you could give us like a 30 second or less. Like how is it? How cool is that? Like that your dad's like one of the greatest actors that ever lived and like you're part of the family. And now you're, and now you're taking on, you know, and moving forward with it all. I, you know, yeah, it's great. It's great. I, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for my wife and grateful for, uh, you know, all of that association that I get and, and how much it helps me. Uh, also my dad's, you know, he's, he, I, I would use the word legend. I think that he, um, his fans are, are really loyal and dedicated, but he's also just kind of a great dad. Um, that's good. You know, he, yeah, yeah. He's a really, he's a really good person too. Just I actually FYI, like having, like oh I'm sure oh, he was great when we met him at the convention he was super nice and um and yeah, I I I, can't, I, I, can't, I like the father and daughter like tag teams like recently we had Matthew Modine on and then his daughter is a new actress and singer and we had her on uh, Ruby Modine and it was a lot of fun and and so I just kind of like all the associations with all of it and the fact that you know he has been I'm a horror movie buff and Ron is not Ron actually to to let you know a little bit about Ron Ron had a TV show in. Uh, in, in L.A. called Set the Record Straight, where he interviews all the legends of Hollywood, like Jane Russell, cool, cool. Jane Russell and Tab Hunter and all the biggie, biggie, like really legends. Uh, Soon to be back on the air yeah, next fall. Which we're actually coming back on the nice. air, yeah. And, uh, and then I'm like, uh, I'm like the horror movie buff, so like I've seen all your father's movies, but, you know, like uh, everybody, everybody's seen, you know, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and, and, and Mississippi Burning and all the different like movies that are not horror that and he's been involved movies, with. the Lynch movies, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. So it's just really cool, and I think it's awesome that you're in a in a movie, and you are going to be in the new Chucky movie. I went online and watched the uh, the uh, previews for it, and it's called Curse of Chucky, everybody. And I don't know if everything online is correct, but it says it's coming out in October. And uh, uh, no, there is no confirmed release date. No confirmed okay. release date. Okay, so uh, in fact, Universal totally doesn't lied. know the release date. Yeah. So they totally also, lied. also, all of the trailers online are fan made. There's no, there's no trailer yet, uh, and I'm not sure when it is dropping. Oh, really? Uh, also, so that's not even a real trailer? Well, I saw the poster, now, though, and that was on your Instagram, so I hope that's real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think that's the... Yeah, I got, a, I got in a little bit of trouble for doing that. I was not, oh. I was not supposed to, uh, and, I, uh, and, I, and I did it kind of without thinking. And definitely okay. had to do some damage control. 
Um, so but but the, the, the PR campaign is... Go ahead. I was going to say, anybody, if you want to see the picture before they make her take it down, follow her on Instagram. <laughs> follow me on Instagram or Twitter or Twitter. Uh, forget my Twitter. Uh, I, I usually update all of um, all the info in the movie at that um, at that address. But yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of rumors going around. All of them are um, are, are rumors. Uh, you know, J- Jennifer Tilly supposedly announced a, a release date, but it's not Jennifer Tilly on Twitter. It's it's a fan. Um, so that's, oh, that's the real stuff. scoop. And how much fun was I that? Hate, I hate when they do that. Because one thing that that Ron won't know this because he won't <laughs> no, have no, seen no. any of the Chucky movies. But I didn't. I was very dear friends with Jane Russell. I mean, we were best best friends for a long time. And after she passed away, I saw something on Facebook said Jane Russell is having an affair with somebody, and I got crazy. And I went into that site and I found out it was some person who uses Jane Russell's name. And imitates yeah. things that Jane Russell did. And I think Facebook's got to kick them off because, you know, it's misleading. I mean, you're not, thank God, dead. But if they said that you were having an affair with someone and you're not, and someone's impersonating you, it's not right. <clears throat> anyway, that. I, I, I hate those people on there. They're so stupid. Get, get your own life. You don't have to live on somebody else's life. Well, wait, wait, yeah, so- I, I outed my dad's fake Twitter person, too. Um it's horrible. <laughs> they were like, whoever they were, were agreeing to do like Skype interviews. I, know, <laughs> and, I mean, I knew, I knew it wasn't my father. And so I, I kept on being like, you know, people would contact me and say, oh, your father agreed. Will you do right. an interview? Um, you know, and I'm, I just had to say it's, it's, it's not my father. Um, also, I, I don't know how much press I'm to do with Chucky now. We've gotten a lot of people asking. Um, and I think the PR campaign is going to launch in a couple weeks. Oh, I'm not um, going to ask you. So I was asked I'm not going to ask you anything <laughs> about the movie. So. <laughs> I wasn't going to ask you anything You're a busy about the little girl. <laughs> I wasn't going to ask you anything about the movie. I was just going to be more like talking about the fact that your dad is the voice in all the movies, and now you're in a movie with your dad. I wasn't going to actually yeah, ask any details cool. about the movie. So, uh, so you're you're fine there, because because I want to ask you about being Casey on True Blood. <laughs> I'm also uh, I'm up. I'm also a True Blood fan, and I'm a celebrity clothing designer. I've actually dressed um, several of the cast, you know, for different appearances and stuff. And uh, and that funny cool. now that like I uh, now that I like now I had a total brain fart. I can't remember who uh, Nelson Ellis. <laughs> I've dressed a, a couple times, and and some of the other cast members, and it's great. And I met them all at a convention. They were really fun. So, how did you like being on True Blood? Oh, True Blood was great. True Blood was great. Um, it it uh it was fun, you know. The material is so fun. <laughs> you get to like, I you know, I sat down and did seances for twelve hours, you know, and got paid well. It was like, great. <laughs> How could you possibly want anything else? Uh, right, I had a ball. Exactly. Uh, and I had I, I became very good friends with um with Dean. God, I'm going to mispronounce his name. Check who uh, was sort of the other witch who came in at the same time as me, and we were in every scene together, and so we would we would just have a lot of fun. So are you are you like a are you like a horror movie fan since you you kind of grew up around a lot of it? Are you like you are were you a fan of horror movies? And because I noticed like on your IMDb, you're doing a lot of movies, and and you know very few of them are actually horror. You're doing all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, for for a very long time, I would get too scared in horror movies and uh, and not watch them. But I just started watching all the classics again. The guy I was dating for 
the last couple of years was a huge war movie fan and he just kind of schooled me. So I saw the, you know, the Halloweens and, um, and they're great. Um, what, what I, what I can't usually do is the gore left. He took me to, to see Evil Dead and I, uh, the, the remake, which I thought was very good, but I couldn't look at the screen for very long. <laughs> like I would have to close my eyes and then open them just because, uh, uh, the, the gore, <laughs> I kind of can't handle too much gore. Um, I get scared and I get nightmares. Okay. Well, that's the purpose there of the you film. Go. I mean, then you know the, <laughs> film know. Is, the film is a success if you get scared. <laughs> I Ryan, know. It's very just, dorky yeah. of me. Yeah. That's okay. It makes it fun. So, okay. So I think we should, too, say another thing. I don't know if Chad's putting pictures of you up or not. Chad, are you putting pictures of Fiona up? Correct. Um, so, like, well, we should just say another thing, too, besides uh, uh, being from, like, a, such a legacy family, is that you're smoking hot. Like, you're, like, super, super oh, good looking. Um, I think that, that all your pictures, and I was like, oh, my God, look how great she looks in all the pictures, which, you know, that can't, that can't possibly hurt when you're getting cast, number one, and, that, and you're super nice and friendly. So, I want to just say kudos and congratulations to all. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, you guys. Um, um, so let's, you know, it's been fun. Let's go. Let's go real quick to Precious Metal, the movie. Everybody, so you're making this film. I'm gonna go to Precious Metal, the movie. Dom and spell metal M E T L E, the movie. Um, Paul Sorvino. Since we had him on last week, we know a little bit, and he plays your father, and that you're a heroin addict who's in trouble. And uh, tell us a little bit about how it's all going for you. Um, it's been it's been going really great. Uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's really difficult. My my part was really difficult, which is part of the reason why um, I felt like I should do it. Uh, it's, it's probably the hardest part I've ever tried to play. It's just so so intense. Um, but the the director Edmund Croissant is is wonderful. He gives he gives you a lot of freedom. He's really great to work with. Um, uh, and uh, you know it's very fun working with Paul. Um, I thought that the movie, the experience wasn't going to be fun because the material is so intense. But um, but it's been fun. We've like we we've laughed a lot, and the crew is great. They're all young, um, you know, and uh, just starting out. And it's been great. I'm really glad I'm here. I also really like Chicago. Chicago's a great town. I'm really enjoying myself. Um, I love it. So yeah. Were you going to say something about? Yeah, Chicago? I was going to say when you are you seeing Paul again? Did you finish that shoot? Or are you still working on it? Yeah, okay. no, I have up. four more days left, and then I okay. leave to go to New York to see my dad in the play. So he's on stage for the first time in thirty-eight years with Amanda Plummer in New York. Oh God, Amanda oh, uh, Plummer! Oh, I love Amanda. Um, yeah, Amanda's my Brad favorite. Brad and Amanda Plummer. Yeah. Oh God, I'm uh, so happy. I'm so happy Amanda's working. I was so concerned because I haven't seen Mandy in a long time. She is one of the greatest, greatest actresses of our day. Nobody beats right. Amanda Obama. Nobody. God, is she great. That's oh, cool. It's them two in a two-character play. Oh, I want to see it. I've got a good in. We're in Pennsylvania, so yeah, we're only like I'm an going, hour and I didn't know Mandy was on Broadway. You know, her father's Christopher Plummer and her mother is um, Tammy Grimes. Dev, Tammy Grimes was a big star, Unsinkable Molly Brown on Broadway, and Christopher Plummer is best known for uh, Julie Andrews' yeah, Sound, of Music. Sound of Music. And, uh, you know, Mandy is not the most beautiful woman in the world, and when I was talking to her, that was one of the problems why she doesn't get films. I find her to be stunningly sexy, and she has a body that doesn't quit. She is an unusually beautiful, sexy woman. I love Amanda Plummer. I'm going to go backstage and yeah. see her. 
I there love her. I don't give a crap what anybody thinks. I love her. There you go. And boy, can she act. Boy, can she act. Wow. So you also yeah, have, a, you have a good cast. You have Paul Sorvino, Matt Bushnell, who he's, he's done some cool movies. I've, it's funny because even like when people are in movies and they're like not huge movies, like I like all the like cool indie films that never make it to theaters and I watch a lot of them. And so like I, when I was leaving, mm-hmm. I, was looking, I was looking at his resume and I was like, ah, I've seen everything he's been in. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so it's a cool cast that everybody's doing a lot of cool things. Now, does your dad, help, you know, my mother was a silent movie actress. I'm an actor. I'm doing a film right now called Croker. And my daughter Deirdre is an actress. And I find when I give my daughter pointers, she absolutely puts up a wall and it's like, oh, daddy, please, I know what I'm doing. And then I watch her performance and she does exactly what I've told her to do, but she won't give me the credit. <laughs> But I remember my mother, my mother always saying to me, emote more, Ron, you don't emote. And I said, Mom, we have talking now. This is talking pictures. We don't have to emote like you did in your day. So now when your dad gives you tips, do you ignore him and then do them? Um, <laughs> probably, uh, probably. I am, I am actually, I am actually all over uh, working with my dad. Uh, you know, he, he sometimes... Uh, you know, he makes time, but we sort of live kind of far away in LA from each other. But uh, no, I definitely, definitely eat it up when he uh, when he when he helps me with stuff like, you know, if it gets down to the wire on something, um, I'll go to my dad or I'll <laughs> when what I get when I get terrified and I'm sure that I can't do a role that I was right. cast in, I'll I'll talk to my dad. What if he said? What if he said? No, no. What if he said to you, Fiona, the scene that you just did, you were overboard a bit. Why don't you cut it back some? Would you listen or would you go ahead and do what your instincts tell you to do? Um, well, that would never be. He'd never <laughs> say that. Never. I mean, if anything, it would be the opposite. He'd be like, you got to commit more. Um, right. But it doesn't, it doesn't really take that form. Um, you know... So the thing with acting is, is he'll, he'll, the advice that he gives, it doesn't mean anything until it means something to you. So, you know, one thing he says is he's like, you, you know, there's a line. you got to step over the line. And for five years, he's like, what the fuck does that mean? That doesn't mean anything to exactly. me. And then one day, you're like, oh, I know exactly what that means. Uh, so, well, you know, it's all, it's not cerebral. It's, it's, like, no. it's such a confusing thing to talk about. Well, um, I, I never listened to anybody, not even the director, which is really sad. Well, I'm working right now with a great director, Fred Turling, who allows you to be who you are. He allows you to develop your character yourself and to portray the character the way you feel your gut feeling is. And I think that's a director yes. that knows how to direct. But some idiot that wants you to do what he thinks is right, and he's a stupid moron that doesn't know how to wipe his ass, and now he's telling you how to you know, do a movie... I don't like those sort of directors. I think a director and an actor work together for the development of the character. What say you about? Yeah, that? you know, Edmund Edmund Kwasan, who's the director of Precious Metal, works exactly that way. I mean, he just really says um, he's Italian, and he oh, well. says, uh, you know, fi- find find whoever Judy, my character is, and then you exactly. tell me. Great. If you're if you're yeah, a good if you're a good actor, that character is inside of you, and you know that character. And if you bring that right. character to the screen, that's when you are truly an actor. And I want to see your film now because now when I look at it, I'm going to say, okay, this is not a director's work. This is an actress' work, 
And that's <laughs> valuable. No, it's valuable. It's valuable. Absolutely. Right. I yeah. Like that. Yeah, I hope that's true. Um, you know, me and Don Mancini, uh, uh, who's the, the writer and director of Chucky, have become really good friends. And he was, um, he was great to work for. Uh, and it, it sort of like walked <laughs> both lines sort of, you know, because it gets very technical with a puppet. Uh, yeah. So he he had to be, you know, a little bit more specific about what he wanted to wear, um, but still definitely left the. Well, I would take direction. Most of the stuff to me. Yeah, I would take direction on a green screen because you know I'm not familiar with working with green screens that much, and when you're working when when a, an animated creature is not like we're shooting now in August, and I can't say what happens to me, but I have, I deal with an animate no what what is it called electronic what is it? Uh, it's just a monster it's a monster that's all you know <laughs> but the monster's not there so he yeah to like- and so I have to now react to something that's not there that's a little difficult and that's when you need direction. Yeah. So just to be clear, Chucky is not animated at all. Chucky is a puppet. There's a, there's yeah. a, a walking, moving puppet. So there's no oh, green screens in Chucky. It's all practical effects. Oh, so you have um, di- which, he has Which di- is good. It's more expensive, but better. I'm going to actually show so he has, a Chucky wait, movie because he does doesn't the know have, I have all does, the dolls. Does the puppet have dialogue? Does it talk to you like an yeah. actor? Yeah, a, he's the main character. I don't know. Yeah, he doesn't know. He hasn't seen a Chucky no, movie, I mean, so he doesn't know. Chucky does kills everybody. Puppet, does the puppet speak to you as an actor would? I say that I sort of, sort of. I gotta leave all that stuff for a month from now. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, she can't talk about it. Okay, that's oh, okay, okay, that's okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Next so, interview. Next I, I led you guys there and then took it back. It was my fault. I'm sorry. No, no, that's okay. So let's go on. Let's just, we got to get in some plugs for the movie you're in now. First of all, we want to give a shout out to Amarok Productions. Uh, we had the whole cast yeah. of I Heart Shaky on when they did I Heart Shaky. Now, this is their new movie. It's called Precious Metal. It's Precious, M E T T L E, the movie.com. You can go on there. You can see Fiona's uh, actual uh, bio is on there along with the cast. You can follow them on Twitter. It's at Precious Metal underscore. You can follow Fiona Dorf. It's at Fiona Dorf. I started following you yesterday. Follow me back, and I'll retweet oh, whatever you want. I have a, I have like three hundred thousand followers or something. So oh, cool. uh, well, thanks very much. And uh, and and then go to the Facebook page and like the Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Precious Metal the Movie. And we want to congratulate you on all your and success. I want to say something, Fiona. Do me a favor because I love Amanda Blummer and your dad together. It has to be explosive. Please tell us the cast, the name of the play. And the cast. So we can plug oh, it. Oh, absolutely. It. It's called a two-character play. It's by Tennessee Williams. Wow. The cast is Amanda Plummer and Brad Dourif. That's it. It opens okay. Wednesday. What day is it today? It opens tonight in New tonight. York City at a New oh, World wow. Stage. I'm going next Monday. I'm flying to New York. And I have never been more excited about anything in my entire life than seeing uh, the play. I had my dad on stage for the first time in 38 years. And I think... Amanda's return stage after 16, so don't yeah. quote me on that. No, but um, I'm, it's I'm definitely be going. I'm definitely going. Yeah, We're absolutely. Only, uh, like an hour I wouldn't city. miss that play for the world. They have to be electric yeah. together. I mean, if you play against yeah, I'm Amanda, really excited. you have to have a lot of energy and a lot of acting to play against Amanda because she's a woman actress, but she's as strong as any male actor on the stage. There you go. I love right. her. I, I want to get Amanda on the show. When we'll we see her, it. we're going to ask her to come on because she has so much going on for her. There you uh, go. She's an overlooked actress, and that pisses me off. 
There you go. So she was just cast in the Hunger, Hunger Games, so there's that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't he, he doesn't know what the Hunger Games are, but like I love the Hunger Games. So, like, that's <laughs> awesome. It's like a super popular book series that's turned into movies. It's awesome. Okay. Um, also, then we also want to thank Marla Stoker from Marquee Media Marketing for setting up the interview. She's doing press. If anybody uh, needs anything, they can contact her for Precious Metal, the movie. Fiona, we want to thank you for coming on the Jimmy Star Show. Wish you all the luck in the future, and good luck with Chucky, too. We'll be seeing you on all the right. screen. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks. See you at the movies. Bye, <laughs> bye. Okay. Bye. 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 That's so awesome. So sweet. And she's, she's gorgeous. Sweet. I don't see what she looks like. Uh, well, yeah, Chad to, didn't put a picture up on We can't screen. see it because, like, I don't oh, know why we can't see not, it. But it's, it's not on there. my monitor. But it's she awesome. She sounds beautiful. Absolutely. You know, hey, so, Chad. Yo. Do you hear an echo? I do not. Okay. Sometimes they were. You know, when you, some women sound beautiful. I remember years and years and years ago, they had these date line numbers where you call up and a girl talks dirty to you. Well, they did an expose, They, uh, you know, documentary. They photographed the women that speak to you. And there was a woman like, hello, call me up. I'll get <laughs> you crazy. I'll do everything you want because I'm gorgeous. I have red hair. I'm 112 pounds. I'm 22 years old. Meanwhile, they showed the picture of her. She was 500 pounds. She was about 90 and a mess. <laughs> and the voice was so incredibly sexy. And these mm. jerks are, you know, playing with themselves and paying $6 a minute or whatever it was. And I got such a kick out of that. Actually, too. And they, uh, Chad, you remember Beavis and Butthead, you guys in the chat room? You remember Beavis and Butthead? You probably wouldn't have seen Beavis and Butthead. Or did you, I've heard of Beavis okay. and Butthead. Well, Beavis and, yeah, there you go. Beavis and Butthead is a cartoon and they make fun of everything. Oh, I know the cartoon. And so they would like oh, yes. show them like calling the phone sex hotlines right, right. and they would yeah. show this lady with like yeah, warts yeah. all over her mm-hmm. ass and stuff. It was hilarious. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> there you go. You got it. Um, so again, so sometimes you... a woman has a sexy voice, and when you see it, she's built like a a, oh, they bu- learned a bus. A, a bus. Also, then we should also uh, just give one more shout out for Precious Metal the movie because we really was great that we had two of the, the two main and, stars uh, on the show. And Paul is in it, and I really like Paul Savino a lot. When we get out to L.A. to shoot this other film, we're doing. I'm going to look him up and, and you know go to dinner and hang out with Paul. He's a great guy. Great guy. Also, mm-hmm. we want to give a shout-out to everybody in the chat room again. Ken Pettigrew's in the chat room. Ken Pettigrew Show, Monday through Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Pacific time. Go to KenPettigrew.com. Everybody in the, in the chat room likes Beavis and Butthead, too, so we like that. And uh, i got to give a special shout-out to Dean Girl, who's also Chad Girl, who's actually Audrey. Uh, in France, and Audrey, I got an announcement for you, and this is like an announcement for like the world. First of all, everybody knows that Jimmy Starr. I'm a huge fan of Cat and Nine Tales. They're on the Monarchy Record label. Cat and Nine Tales uh, has a fan site. It was actually made by Dean Girl, who's Chad Girl, who's Audrey. And if you can go to Cat and Nine Tales fan site.wordpress.com, and here's a, an announcement for everybody. Um, the new single, the very first single off of Hello, Maybe Everything, which is coming out in October. Uh, it's going to be called Tiger in a Tropical Storm, and it's by Cat and Nine Tails, and the release date is July 23rd, and the Tuesday before, or the Wednesday before July 23rd, we'll have Cat and Nine Tails on and play it for everybody. It's going like to be awesome. Yeah, since I mentioned Amanda Plummer, I'd like to tell you how that all came about. When I was a very, very, very young boy, I was going to hairdressing school in New York, and this famous uh, drag queen, uh, Lenny Dietz, who was Daisy D., used to have wigs. And we used to set and style his wigs. And I did such a good job. He said to me, do you want to make 15 bucks for the, in an evening? I said, what do I have to do? He said, well, uh, there's, a mo- there's a play on Broadway called High Spirits with Hermione Gingold and Tammy Grimes. I'm going to set the wigs for the show. And all you and Maureen have to do is comb the wig. No, set them and I'll comb them out. And I said, fine. I went to the theater 
And when I was down, what we called the tombs, all the way downstairs, there was a baby carriage. And in the baby carriage was this cute little baby who was Amanda Plummer. And I thought, oh, look at this, you know, Tammy Grimes' daughter, how sweet, blah, blah, blah. Well, years later, I ran into her in Beverly Hills in a restaurant, and I told her the story. And she looked at me, and she said, oh, my God, you don't look old enough to remember me in a baby carriage. And I thought, wow, do I love her. But I followed her career. Short. She doesn't do a lot of work, unfortunately. But a tremendous, tremendous actress probably an Academy Award winner if given the right script. So Amanda Plummer... What else has Amanda Plummer been in that oh, I Oh, I don't know. remember. I know the name. A lot of horror stuff. She did a lot of, you know, weird stuff. But she's done some... Bu- <laughs> Isn't that I don't funny how Chad, he calls anytime it's horror, it's weird. Well, you know, that, that stupid writing where they have to scream and get killed and blood flies all over. <laughs> sure. In lieu... In lieu of acting, that's, you know, because they can't. My favorite. The writer didn't know what to write, so he threw blood on the wall, and that makes the film work. But Amanda's been in so many things, and the most memorable thing she was in, I don't remember, but fabulous actress. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I'm a, I adore her. And when we go to the theater, I'm going in the green room, giving her a big hug and a kiss, and I hope she gets a Tony. There you go. She deserves it. And not because Christopher's her dad and Tammy's her mom. She didn't get in the back door like a lot of people do in show business. She worked it. She worked from the beginning up. Actually, you know, unless you're like Will Smith, a lot of that stuff doesn't seem to... I mean, Will Smith's kid gets in everything because he's Will Smith, but, well, but a lot of know, other people, I think it's still a lot harder because a lot of... I, I know a lot of different celebrity kids who didn't don't even use their parents' name yeah. to get in the door. Well, yeah. I mean, Amanda is the tiniest little thing with the most beautiful figure and gorgeous legs. I mean, she's got a body that doesn't quit. And sweet, kind, adorable. I mean, not affected. Just a gentle little dove. I think a little too gentle. Maybe if she was a tiger, she'd get more work. But I tell you right now, um, the production company that we're involved with, I would go after Amanda Diploma after she you know, closes uh, great success on Broadway show. I'd love to have Amanda in one of our films have to work opposite Amanda Plummer. I would get a good performance. I would give a good performance, I mean, because she makes you do it. You always do anyway. No, no, but I love Amanda Plummer. I do. I honestly do. Actually, in the chat room, they want to see what's on the wall behind us. This is the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell on W4CY.com. See that? There you go. We're, we're up in lights now. No, we're actually painting the wall. We're painting the wall with stars. I well, like one day. One day we'll be up in lights, I hope. So, Chad, oh, you going to ask Chad anything? Yes, to Chad, what's on the lunch menu today? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, we have uh, organic grass-fed beef. We have orga- or organic chicken. We have strawberries, carrots, grapes. Cherries, homemade teas, waters. Um, that's about it. Now, who cooks all of this? Your wife? I do. I mean, you, you do. Yeah. You don't have a wife. You're, you're living girlfriend. Oh, we got to talk. They like to wives. Her. Well, I know, but still, they should put a ring on it. I don't like that living together crap. Put a <laughs> ring on it. You should be married like everybody else. Like I Jimmy and I, Jimmy and I, are going to be married because I don't like living common law either. Well, but anyway, would you just so, say gonna be? We're going to get married. In so October. you're a hypocrite. Why? Because you're living under uh, in sin. Yeah, but we don't sleep in the same room. <laughs> oh, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to Chad. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to wear white at the wedding. I'm so pure uh, as the driven snow. <laughs> I'm like Snow White, all the way. But listen, seriously, so you're a cook, too? Now, you were eating beef. I thought you didn't like beef because beef is full of um, cholesterol. Didn't you hear me? I said, oh, cholesterol? No, actually, uh, the whole whole, uh, animal fat thing, the myth that that's bad for you is wrong. 
Um, How come? How come? But the problem with the beef industry now is they jack these these cows Mm. up with – they're feeding them corn. Cows are meant to eat grass in a field, okay? Uh, But they're basically fattening them up at the end with some some genetically modified corn, and then the, the cow gets sick, and they have to jack them up with antibiotics. So I got a problem with beef that is not grass-fed organic. So where can we get organic beef? In fact, I get mine at Target. It's uh, under Lore's. Target? Yeah, it's Lore's beef. It's grown here and uh, raised in the, the United States, opposed to, like, right. if you go to Whole Foods, they might have some, like, organic grass-fed beef from Australia or something. So, And you don't know the regulations over there and who's growing it. So, uh, yeah, I found these in Target, organic grass-fed. You mean, you mean like, regular Target, like the, the store that you see with all the, the cheap clothes? Yes, sir. Target? Well, it'll actually be a super Target store, because that's be a grocery a super Target because it would have to be what? Target. I've been in Target. Store. I was in Target. I yeah. They got, they, got, yeah. they got skirt steak. They got uh, New York strip. They got oh. uh, regular sirloin uh, oh, and, and ribeye. After the show, I'm going because I said to Jimmy, we have to do a barbecue tonight because we're going to see Superman later. Right. And I said, let's have a barbecue at home and put some steaks on because I really don't eat beef a lot. Right. And now that you're I telling me we can get organic, not orgasmic, it's organic. It might become orgasmic. I'm not sure. Orgasmic. I know. <laughs> I mean, I wish they had orgasmic beef that we eat, eat, ate it and got it. Now I had an orgasm. Uh, maybe but anyway, orga- organic is good. Not so if we don't Target. Have so everybody out there, if you want to get healthy, listen to Chad. Organic. Go to Target. Yeah, okay. I can't believe it. So Grass-fed. I get home. Hmm. For, you know, it's not so much even the corn. They shoot them up with all kinds of chemicals, you know, all kinds of uh, Growth hormones, ste- ste- steroids. steroids and stuff. Yeah, let's but- do some let's do some quick actually we're going to play a song in a minute, but let's do some quick promos for our chat room. Do Number it. one everybody, I, I, I'll try to see if we can get uh Cat of Nine Tails, Dave Abbott and Chad Lindbergh all on the same show. Maybe we can do it for the the release party cuz they all love the album. They've heard it. Uh you guys are going to love it. It's a really really phenomenal album and you guys are going to be so blown away by it. It's not even funny. So we'll see what we can do. And for Sherry, Emily, and Rebel in the chat room, they have an awesome show called True Ghost Stories. Monday nights on W4CY.com, 10 p.m., W4CY.com, and um, it's Rebel Medler, Sherry, Sherry, Emily, and Ron's daughter, Deirdre. And the show is starting to snowball. It's up there with some of the good shows now, and they're getting great guests on. Also, I want to do a shout-out for our beautiful Playhouse. If you're a fan of Tyne Daly's, you want to go now to the Bucks County Playhouse because Tyne Daly is performing there. I think through um, what was it? What yeah, was no, her like day? Another, it's like another another week. Another week, I think. So if you love Tyne Daly, go to the New Hope to the Bucks County Playhouse. Jimmy and I are going to try to see that show uh, sometime this week, and then we will critique it. Uh, we are absolutely busy, you know. Today, everybody uses that excuse. Oh, I'm so busy, I can't call. Oh, I'm so, so busy, I can't see you. We are truly busy. Jimmy is a maniac. He keeps opening these things and, and involved with all these businesses and stuff that he puts me in. And I'm working all the time, and I'm tired. I need a vacation. <laughs> no, I really do, Jimmy. I swear, I've got four movies to do. I'm doing the radio show, a TV show, plus my documentary, The Way They Were, which I have to fly to well, California. We're going to talk people about talk that in a minute. We're going to come oh. back to that in a minute. I mean, you know, you know, being 53 years old is no joke, and running around like a lunatic is killing there me. There you go. We actually mentioned one more quick thing, too, about, about Croker, everybody. Check out CrokerTheMovie.com. Follow him on Twitter. It's at CrokerTheMovie. Like the Facebook page. And Croker was featured on NBC News. 
Yes, we the made, other day. We, we made, made Philadelphia made News. NBC News about yeah. the movie, so it's super awesome. It's and they be- did a beautiful write-up about me, Ron Russell. Actually, they opened the whole interview with me. Well, actually, it's about Croker the movie, but you are mentioned a lot. No, they opened it with, in a dimly lit studio, Ron Russell, Hollywood actor, was getting ready to perform as Ben Cade. And then they went into the whole thing. And then from there... And they're actually auctioning off your desk someplace. I don't yes. know. We missed it, so we just saw it right before yes. we came on, but they're going to start selling off the products yes. from Croker. Croker's going to be right. a huge hit, so the, the desk that Ron sits at in the movie uh, uh, is being, is is being going auctioned up for off. auction, and possibly I may sign it if some crazy idiot wants my signature. <laughs> for what reason, I have no idea because my signature is as good as anybody's. You know, who the hell am I? But if it, if it makes them happy, I will sign the desk. There you go. Isn't uh, that cool, Chad? Them. I thought he was going to do something else on the desk. Yeah, he's not going to do anything else on the desk. And I have no idea oh, what okay. you feel the pigs are talking <laughs> about. Gotcha. Sorry about Way that. Way to go, Chad. So we're going to take a quick music break, everybody. Uh, we have not done the sexy bitch dance lately, so I'm we're going to start fat. playing. I am gaining weight because you I haven't been, been dancing to the pointless dance. I gained 12 pounds in case you haven't noticed. I mean, I'm getting fat. I haven't been doing my sexy bitch That's dance. That's right, everybody. So this is That's a why. point. Yeah. The name of the song is Pointless. It's by Orlando Napier. It's available on Monarchy Records. You can go to iTunes and it's sexy bitch time. Here's Pointless. And I'm going to dance. If pair can't fit, I can link together words in my bit. So I would urge you listen to these words, and I'm fitting we all die. Some of us ugly and some late. Like Pac-Man trying to escape his fate. I tread and check with no break. Fish with no bait. Picnics and no day. Paying to get laid. Bones and no fade. Just no rate. Using mathematical formulas to find a soulmate. Where's Pontus, babe? Yeah, yeah, it's true. I sit back, realize you're gonna die, get off your couch and stop living your damn life This time flies, then the grim reaper gonna arrive, you can't escape fate So staring straight in the eyes, watch it in the way What you gonna do today? I'm gonna hitchhike to USA, I'm gonna get back to West LA I'm gonna slap my thighs right across the face, I'm gonna beat the cops in the high speed Living in a constant state of disparity, my indifference was my trick for ignoring reality. Pharmaceutical remedies began to lose their intensity. The oxygen, the seed, and the weed, and the blow on the Hennessy. Cause like a kid, we couldn't feel my extremities. There wasn't a woman around who would consider having me. In a state of physical and mental calamity, I'd given up hope until I finally found serenity. Watch your been Get back to East LA. You're gonna 
slap your boss right across the face. She gon' beat the cops in a high speed chase. Gonna need a cop for that to make a man. She gonna pay cat money to save these men. She gonna sit in the White House and smoke some grass. She gonna jump back, kiss your own white ass. She gonna take the world in a band. Uncle Brown gonna grab this life for God's sake. Gonna get hot for USA. You gonna get back to San Francisco, baby. Yeah, that's Pointless by Orlando Napier, and we should say, real quick, uh, congratulations. Everybody should go on uh, on Facebook and like the page. It's CF and LC Promotion. That's Carla Floor and uh, Leticia, which is Ginger Irish, and they've got a, uh, a page that promotes all the music, and they said that uh, Orlando Napier is coming to Belgium in October. I've got to tell you, I worked up a sweat. I'm out of breath. And yes, I've just burned some calories. There you go. Rocked it, Ron. Rocked it. I move, baby. I move and everybody like, in the chat room loves to watch the new dance. All I need is a pole and a G-string. I'm set. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm, well, I'm an old stripper because years and years ago, like 100 years ago, I used to be in a, in a show called Boys Will Be Girls and also the Powder Puff Review. And I was very young, and I was a female impersonator, so I stripped. And I used to hate it because at the end of the show, we'd have to unsnap our brassiers to show them we're men. And that was a weird-looking thing to see a beautiful woman. And then she unsnaps her bra, and there are no boobs there. So I used to say, can we just pull our wigs off? Because I always had a head of big, long hair. What did I give a shit? My hair looked gorgeous. <laughs> you know? So the, so, so I think it was Tish, Tish the, who ran it, said... Yes, let's pull our wigs off. Well, I pulled my wig off. It was my beautiful black hair all over the place. I look like Gina Lollobrigida. But anyway, that's going back years ago. There you go. So also, uh, uh, everybody, yeah, if you're in Belgium, you'll be able to see Orlando Napier in October, yes. which is awesome. Orlando Napier's actually his album is coming out in October, too, I believe. I think that's uh, really a great song. It sticks with my mind. I play it in the car when I'm driving with the top down, and we're going through the forest, because I like the way the sun and the leaves you know, reflect on my head, and almost the sunlight dances with that song. It's a good they song. They say you dance great in the chat room, and then Sherry Emily said that you probably also know how to waltz. Do you know how to waltz? What? Do you know? Mambo, the cha-cha, the tango, I waltz. I can do the Brazilian tango. I'm a dancer. Yeah, my mom was a great dancer. My mother did a film many, many thousands of years ago where she played a gypsy girl. And uh, we have a clip of it somewhere. And she danced with scarves. Well, don't you think she did it at my 16th birthday party? Came down, put on Shaharazad and did that dance with scarves. And I thought I was going to die and that my friends would run out of the garden party. Baloney. They loved her. They were applauding her. She was in her glory. So I guess I, I learned my steps from my crazy mother. There you go. So. By the way, my cousin Bertha said to me, um, when Paul Sorvino was on and sang Mama, she was crying. And she said, Ronnie, do you remember how our mothers loved that song and how they instilled it in our mind? And I said, yeah. She said, that was to make us guilty. <laughs> So I guess she's right. How Every, cool is that, though, that he actually oh, sang it, Oh, he sings. He's fabulous. Come on. He's great. He's an all-around talent. He's a sweetheart of a guy, too. A really nice yeah. person. And we should give a shout-out to, to Cousin Bertha. Bertha, if you're Yeah, listening. if you're on, Bertha, I love you, Cookie Face. Uh, if, if you see me, 
kisses for you. If you hear me, kisses for you. And for my cousin Cindy, too, because she always listens in. There you go. Thank you. At least I know two of my family listen in. Nobody else does, but I got (laughs) two fans, my family. And, and everybody in the chat room and all the people listening there, they all love you. So uh, I hope so, because I've made so many good friends on, on Facebook. I wrote about it the other day. Uh, when people knock Facebook, I get upset. I've met so many people through Facebook that I, I've met as I travel around. You know, they'll come up to me and say, hey, Ron, I'm so-and-so. I'm your friend on Facebook. And it's always such fun to meet the people that I have friends with. I'm friends with on Facebook. Uh, I, I think, like that, too. I think Facebook is a great media for getting people connected. I mean, look, I've got my sweetheart there, the, the ghost girls. Uh, Deirdre would never have gotten that job if it wasn't for uh, us and, the, and media. That's right. Right? Actually, Twitter gets a lot of our guests. You guys be on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, and actually, you should follow us. We're at Jimmy Star Show on Twitter. We're at Dr. Jimmy Star on Twitter. We're at Ron Russell Show on Twitter. You guys all know us on Facebook. You can just plug our names in. It comes up. Um, but social media is the way to go and meet. And, Chad, we're still trying to get you on Twitter. Still waiting. Yeah, we're still waiting. So, you guys, Wednesday nights has become movie night uh, for Ron and I. Yeah. Tonight we're going to go see Superman. It's, so is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's Superman. Da, 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 da. So we, we always go, like, the Wednesday after the movie opens so we don't have to fight the crowds. And the stupid jerks on the cell phone and the girls giggling and talking while they're getting felt up. All that nonsense. <laughs> it's like, you know, I don't want to do that. Oh, they do feel limited. I was pleased. Chad, please. It was at the movie theater was crowded, and Jimmy and I had to go all the way to the next to last seat. And there was a guy and a girl one seat away from me, and they were nice and normal. Well, by the middle of the movie, I thought she had her legs wrapped around his face. He was a contortionist. These two were in locked, embraced, and I hate to tell you what they were doing. Right. And I was shocked. I said, oh, my God. We used to make out in the movies, you know, but... Never. Actually, and Ron does not like it when people may talk a lot. Chad, listen to this, because when we were at Boca, right before we came up here, we went and saw this movie. It was called Beautiful Creatures, right. and it was like a teen movie. It was mm-hmm. Ron didn't like it. I liked it, but it was a dumb movie, but it was a fun, dumb movie. And, and the whole movie, before the movie started, you know how everybody's talking, and he's like, oh, I hope everybody's going to like be quiet. <laughs> no, nope, uh, didn't happen. You know, and like, I was like, yeah, they're going to be quiet, and it was a Friday night, and the theater was packed. And then we're watching the movie, and like about... 15 minutes into it, he nicely says, could you guys please be quiet? And nobody says anything. You know, and, and, and everybody gets quiet for a minute. And then 10 minutes later, they're all talking again. And he stands up and he goes, shut the F up. You're not in your effing living room. Oh, I like and, that, Ron. I do. And they all, and they shut, all up. shut up. They didn't right say on. Word. <laughs> they stopped talking. It's like, and it's, no, he's right. Did he come to watch a movie or did we come to have a freaking conversation? Oh, they think they're home. Hey, Louie, get me a hamburger in the kitchen. <laughs> No, that's not what it's all about, kids. You're there to see a movie. You're supposed to be quiet. Turn off your cell phone. You know, get real. Yeah. You're there to see a film, not to talk on or text message where those friggin' phones light up and you can't even see the screen because you're blinded. So yeah. tonight we're going to see Superman, and then the next Wednesday we're going to go see World War Z with Brad Pitt. Oh, I can't wait. Has Superman has Superman become dark now too? Um, it seems like all these superheroes are getting darker and darker. Know, oh, yeah, he yeah. He it. wears a gray uniform. He looks like crap. I'm not going to be happy with this because, yes, you're right. They are getting darker. It's not the fun where he was in a powder blue suit flying around. Now he's like some kind of a, a weird troll. We're going to find out. Yeah, yeah. But so, right. so listen to this, though, because then the movie that we saw last week, which I think everybody should see. What is it? And it's very crass, but it was called This is the End. 
And it's a it's basically uh, it's an apocalyptic comedy, and it stars Jonah Hill, Jay Baruchel, Danny McBride, Craig Robinson, James Franco, Seth Rogen, and it's got appearances by everybody famous: the Backstreet Boys, Emma Watson from Harry Potter, Rihanna, like all these people, and play themselves, Chad, in cool. this movie. It's called This Is the End, and James Franco, he's the guy you know from like Spider Man and stuff, is having a, a party at his house with all these celebrities, and all the celebrities like show up, and then the world like falls apart and starts to you know that get don't, taken don't over. Don't give by away the stupid. Well, they show part. it. They show it though in the preview. Don't even. But they're playing themselves. It was genius. I've never seen anything like well, that. Where they all I, I could shortcut you all to the movie. There was a line in the movie where two of the fellas had an argument. And the one fella turned to the other fella. He said, well, I got you good this morning because I brushed my a-hole with your toothbrush. <laughs> and, the, and the other guy brushed Actually, his teeth. you know that's a different movie. Uh, huh? That's a different movie. No, that was. That was that dirty movie. No, that was that boss's movie. What movie was it? on TV. That was that, like, uh, Dangerous Bosses or whatever? No, like hell it was. You're getting crazy. It's in that <laughs> film we saw. Absolutely. The guy that wrote it was said it to the, other, to the good-looking fellow. It fella. was very, very funny. Very dirty, very bizarre, very, very weird. Crass. Like, there's one part where one, one of the celebrities is get, uh, getting, um, getting front, front sex, and there's another person snorting cocaine off of his rear end. And it was hilarious when you see it, the, because they're all playing themselves. And so it was just... I it, mean, masturbating. It was know, very, very orgasms, funny. All kinds of dirty crap. You know, films have really gotten to the point where now they don't know what to do next to entertain you. I'm waiting for them to shoot people and kill them, you know, in the film. They've done those movies already. Well, those are, no, those are those. Snuff those, films. films. Snuff films, yeah. I'm talking about, like, you know, Angelina Jolie comes out and somebody really slits her throat and you watch her die. God forbid I kill them because I love her. But films have really gone places that they never did years ago. Jimmy made a lovely statement. We watched a very beautiful movie the other night on uh, Turner Classic Movies. And Jimmy said to me, gee, you know, Ron, I wish that they would do today the love stories they did then. They're so beautiful to see people in love and gentle and kind and good to each other and, and truly loving each other for the, the rest of their lives. Um, today, film is showing us as different people. And young people go to see films, and they really believe that that's what they have to become. So it's kind of sad. You know what, too, though, about that? Because, like, it's true, and I did say it, because, like, we watch a lot of Turner Classic movies. I watch it. It's my business. I have to watch it. And, uh, but, like, I don't mean, like, because, like, the, the old-time movies, when they were all romantic and, like, nice like that, they mm -hmm. weren't faggy, like The Notebook or, like, the faggy ones they have now that are love no. stories. It weren't for women. Like, men and women both could enjoy them. Like, so I don't, because I don't like them when they're faggy sappy. I like them when they're like, you know, yeah. just good stories, good romantic stories, you know, yeah. that work out. And because we had writers back then, Somerset Maugham, so many of his movies. I mean, Tennessee Williams, so many of his movies. That wonderful woman, I can't think of her name now with the Russian name. Oh, crap. She did so many great films. Betty Davis did all of her movies. And, you know, back then we had writers and cameras that held a shot and really good actors and actresses. Um, I believe that there will be a resurgence of the old film technique coming in the future. I think they're going to go back to true stories about a boy meets a girl, falls in love, and the pain and the sorrow and the hurt that goes with breaking up or a family interrupting their relationship. Nice there was a stories. lot of those movies in the 80s, and I liked all those movies because yeah. I like the 80s movies the best. Barbara Streisand. Streisand did so many of them. God, she's incredible. I love her. There's just uh, good ones all the way around. Yeah, there's a lot of good 
actors out there who could do these sorts of films. So anyway, we're going to give you a report, though. Everybody should go see This is the End. Next week, we'll give you a report on Superman, if we liked it or we didn't like it. And, um, and, and I hope I'm not disappointed. I hope it's not going to be all explosions and stupidity. We'll see. It's got a lot of stars in it. Well, and, that doesn't uh, mean that means it's going to be a lemon. They have to have the stars <laughs> there boosted up. I know, not like Croker. We don't have a single big name star in Croker. It's going to be the best movie of the year. How dare you they talk about Ron Russell? I love it. No, they say Hollywood actor. I love that. I've never made a film in Hollywood oh, ever. Oh, okay. My TV show was in Hollywood, but my films were always in New York. No, no, Ron, uh, that wasn't a diss, though, Chad. Ron's a great actor. People are going to be so impressed with how good he is, it's not even funny. I was impressed. I was like, had no idea. I knew he was going to be good, but I didn't know he was going to be that good. Boy can act, well, huh? When you've been doing it since you're 19 years old, you didn't well, learn well, wait it. till you see it, because we're, we're yeah. going to actually, we're actually making an independent film. Croker the movie is an, actually an independent film on a very low budget that's going to come across like a real film. It's going to look really good. It's not going to mm. be cheesy, crappy, and the acting. And it's is got a be story. Great. Hello, everybody. It's got a romance and a story. And then the Jimmy Star show is featured in it, and yeah. I play myself. It's going to be. And when, when do you think it, it might streaming. be edited oh, and cut? Don't. Say that again? They might edit you out. No, no they're not no, going to edit me I out. I didn't say that. I said, when do you think they're going to start editing and cutting it? Oh, no. they're doing it now. They're already editing Are you really? yeah. So the shooting it's, is finished? No, no, the shooting's not finished, oh. but they're editing as they're going along different scenes. Oh, okay. And um, they've already got a distribution deal that is supposed to come out on Netflix in October. Awesome. Well, good yeah, for them. Uh, our star, Valerie uh, Gotta, is in Europe right now in Paris and Rome. She's all over the place. Because, you know, she's the Victoria's Secret Brazil model. So she's all over the world doing work. And we had to wait for her to get back in August. And in August, we're reshooting. No, July. We're shooting at the end of July. No, July. Freddie said July. The end August, of July. August. Oh, he told me the last week no, of July. No, beginning, beginning okay. of August. Anyway, sometime in all July or August, we're going to be doing it. The movie's supposed to come out in October. It's going to be fantastic. We appreciate everybody's support. And uh, I want to play one more song for everybody because our next guest is going to call in a few minutes. Um, but like, I want to kind of like promote some of these awesome artists. And, and this is a guest we actually had on the show. His name is Wu Child. And, oh, uh, he's good. And uh, the name of the song is Move. It's an awesome song. It's available on Monarchy Records. You can download it on iTunes. It's fantastic. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. And I don't really it. like this kind of music, but you, you what's the name? Uchild. He's Wu good. Child, yeah. yeah he's good. He does a little differently. Absolutely. So here we go, everybody. You ready, Chad? Always. All right, everybody. Here's Move by Child. Good song. Out. Good song. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh. Now let me see your wild side. Wild side. 
precision pimping is how I rip it. Consistent like the game is now tied. Air night, I put it up. It's going down, right? Shorty shaking something like it's nothing when I'm bussing. Keep them coming back while I'm sipping on the gas. Spitting sickness on the track. Pimp to catch a cardiac. What you call the Mac? Got them breezies in the lag. Strip them, stick them, flip them, keep it simple. Then call the cat. The kid is automatic. Catching on a bad chick. Spurs of a feather wetter whenever they demand it. Yeah, I'm sort of massive. You ain't got to ask it. He that deal, he that real, he that trill. Show me what you working with. Make it dip, sit down, bounce to the surface spit. Girl, you hurting it, flirting with perfect hips. On the surface, it's a version. I'm learning what your purpose is. I'm serving Sunny B. My man's on that purple stuff. And nine out of ten dimes don't know what's up. Let's move by Wu Child, you guys, and a lot of you guys, if you heard it before, because it's the WWE uses it as one of the wrestling duos. Jimmy songs. and I are having a conversation. Now, if you remember, I need somebody out there to type in to come in the chat room and tell us. A couple of months ago, we had Wu Child, Wu and Child Night Owl. on and Night Owl. Didn't Night Owl and Wu Child. Wu Child. What the hell is it? Wu Child. Wu Ch- like, uh, like Wu Child. Yeah. <laughs> Night Owl and Woe Child made a record together. 
And that's the one I like that I thought he was going to play right now. And I'm positive. Night Owl and Uchild. Wuchild. Oh, you got to say his name. Uchild, Wuchild. Well, you say horror, like whore. I know, so, but this the guy's like, okay, hey, we're like, I'm selling his CD. So. I have to, I, you know, I'm used to names like Frank, John, Paul, and Peter. Nowadays, everybody's got these names. Who the hell could pronounce half of them? Say woo. Woo. Child. Oh, like whoa, child. No, not whoa. Like, woo. Like, woo. Like, woo, child. Woo, like, woo, woo. <laughs> okay, woo, child. All right, do we get it right they now? Might have, right. They might have. They might have done. They might have done a song together. Right, take, I don't remember. Take it. number seventy-five. Woo, child. There it is. And Night Owl did record a beautiful song together that I loved, and I'm disappointed that you didn't play it. No, oh, I don't know which one that one is, but I'm yeah. not selling. So that anybody one. out in the chat room, if you remember when they were on, the two of them were on our show. And they did a really cool song. Are you thinking I'm back? No, that's... He, I don't I, know, but I, I think he might it. be thinking Night that. that. That's, I think he might be thinking that, but that's not actually... I mean, this song uh, he played now is good, but it's a little too young for me. But I like the other one because it was more And in more the chat room, edge. they were saying that they like that what a good... The, all the mix that we always bring, because we do bring a big mix of music on this show. Well, the show has... You know, Jimmy's much older than I am, so we have to cater to his people <laughs> as well as my people. I'm, 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 I'm the old Hollywood. You know, I have a campaign going. Robert Osborne of Turner Classic Movies and I are now becoming, fa I mean, I'm becoming fast known as a preserver of old films. And Robert Osborne is aware of it. And together we're really pushing for um, schools now to show old films or older films. Anybody who doesn't know who Robert Osborne is, too, Robert Osborne oh, hosts, yeah. hosts Turner Classic of Movies. Course, everybody knows Bob. Actually, everybody doesn't. That's why we're letting them all know. Because younger people, we're just turning them on to that now. So, like, Robert Osborne is an is an actor. He's he's an elderly gentleman, probably much older than I by years and years and years and years. <laughs> <laughs> he would love that. <laughs> I don't think so. I think Bob and I are probably the same age. But anyway, actually not. Um, he is the uh, cr creator of the of the Turner Classic Movies show, and he brings on all the great films. He brings on nowadays actresses as well as old actors. Yeah, Drew Barrymore is always on that. Drew show. Drew is on all the time, and they and they actually talk about the shows and the movies, and they discuss the technique of the producers, directors, and filmographers. Film Filmologists. Filmologists. Mm -hmm. Which in like two minutes or less, because we don't have a lot of time. No, that's it. I Tell just them. wanted to no, know. Yeah. This is, this you know, is everybody, my... Ron had a TV show called Set the Record mm -hmm. Straight, and now he's going to do an actual documentary called yes. The Way They Were. The Way They Were. And it's going to be all the Hollywood mm -hmm. uh, golden celebrities that everybody like knows, and it's going to be a documentary that will also help preserve everything, everything about those And I'm those so happy people. to say that yesterday I was on the telephone and I called five of the most important movie stars still around, and they all agreed to do my show with gusto, and they said, Ron, absolutely. And now I'm going after uh, about five more. And there's one lady in particular that I want desperately is Gita Hall. Gita Hall uh, was married to Barry Sullivan, and she's an actress who never became really super famous, but her husband, Barry Sullivan, did. And Gita, Gita Hall... Uh, Errol Flynn was mad about her for years and followed her around and wanted her to marry him. So she's a, a powerhouse of knowledge. So we're going to be doing the documentary. About old Hollywood. So I'm going to call Jita and beg her to come on. She's a friend of mine, so she'll probably do it. But anyway, because we want to like get it all out there. Like You're doing a documentary. It's called yes. The Way They Were. We're gonna, we've already got dis uh, distribution for it to be in the stores and, and, and all the download sites, so everything is good with that. And, and we're looking to put it together between now and the end of the year and release it at the beginning of next year sometime. And my stars, 
I will interview them and we will talk about what film was like then, what it was like on the Hollywood set, and how their private lives were kept a secret from the public because the studios protected their little children, which were these great stars. And these stars were told what to wear, where to go, and to whom they should date. So it's really been a rough life for most of those stars because a lot of them drank, did drugs, and screwed around while they were gay. And they had to keep it all from the public. Unlike today, we know everything about everybody. Also then, everybody, I need help on Twitter, you guys. There's, yeah. a, there's a supermodel on Twitter. Her name's Jenny Shimitsu. It's J-E-N-N-Y-S-H-I-M-I-Z-U. I just tweeted her. I want to get her on the radio show. Um, so any of you guys in the, uh, in the chat room, tweet to her and tell her she should come on the Jimmy Star Show. Um, you guys know her from the movie Spot Foxfire with Angelina Jolie. She was also Angelina Jolie's girlfriend and Madonna's girlfriend for a while when they were going through their experimental phases. She's super hot, and she's one now, of the most famous minute, lesbians in just the world. Just a minute with my Angie. What? Angelina is not gay. I know she's not gay. No, she's Angelina played around most of her life. Angelina believes what I believe. She falls in love with the person, not the gender. And that's how nature made it to be. I didn't and, say she was gay. No, no, I know that, but this, you know, we don't want to get that out there. <laughs> I know, I know. It's all this is all documented anyway. Angie, Angie may have had a couple of girlfriends, and this is one of them, and she's super yeah. cool. And they made a but movie called because, Foxfire. That's because Angie falls in love with the person, not the gender. Absolutely, but I think having her on because she's a supermodel and she's in one of my favorite movies of all time is called Foxfire. It happens to be an Angelina Jolie movie, and uh, I should really try to reach. And Angie it would just be a lot Angie of fun on. to have it on. I should try to get Angie on the radio show. If she ever came on this show, we would skyrocket to like number one zillion show. We would be like the talk. Eventually, of the we'll get everybody. No, it just I, takes if, time. if I could reach Angie, it's next to impossible. I told you to get to her. She's so well guarded and protected. You can't even get through. We should do a Dynapip commercial. I want to run into her in L.A. Then I'll, I'll kiss her and say, "Honey, you got to come on my show." Do me the there favor. Go. I'm gonna say, favor. "I'm poor, Angie. I need the money. If you come on my show, I'll be rich." She'd do it. <laughs> she would do it for that reason alone. Her Twitter address, Sherry, is. J-E-N-N-Y-S-H-I-M-I-Z-U, Jenny Shimitsu. She was on all kinds of TV shows and movies. She's actually uh, in a TV show that our next guest was in, uh, Eileen Dietz, and one of your friends is in, Taya Gill. They're all in the same TV show oh, together. Taya's in what film? Taya was in a TV show called Dante's Cove. Oh, yeah. Well, and, she hates and, and Eileen was in Dante's oh, Cove. Don't, don't tell Taya about uh, Dante's... Oh, she has a fit if anybody mentions it. She hated that show. It's a great show. Oh, she hated it. She doesn't want to be, you know, she was in Queer as Folk. She played a lesbian. And in Dante's, she just hated that show. It was supernatural. Dante's yeah. Cove is kind of Taya, like Queer Taya as Folk. is a very good friend of mine for a long time. We're very close. So anyway, you guys, Dynapep is a sponsor of the Jimmy Star Show. Uh, it's the world's first energy micro shot. It's smaller than a lipstick vial. Um, it comes in three different flavors. It gives you 10 hours of energy. Uh, it's great for diabetics because it doesn't have any sugar. And um, uh, you can check them out. You can go to Dynapep.com or dial 1-888-DO-DYNAPEP. Follow them on Twitter at Dynapep Shots. Like them on Facebook at Dynapep Energy. I mean, just dyna Facebook.com slash Dynapep Energy. It's terrific. And Dynapep has no sugar, no carbs, no crash. Yeah, everybody, check it out, dynapep.com. It's very good for you if you if you take it. It doesn't have no sugar, you see, and you don't get crazy. From the sugar is very bad for you. Do not take a sugar. Thanks, Sherry, for ty ty typing that in there. I think that's, like, freaking awesome. Um, 
Uh, and so we're going to have Eileen Dietz calling in now in just a second, and uh, she's awesome. You know, I want to say a few words about her. We met her at the fair. that We went to the macabre fair. And, you know, at first she was a little standoffish, and I thought, ah, screw this broad. But it turned out that she was just very busy and lovely, lovely person and very interesting and very warm and very sweet. So I'm, I'm happy to that she's on our show and to be able to talk to her again. And and I, I learned so much stuff. She has a new book. It's called Exercising My Demons, An Actress's Journey to the Exorcist and Beyond. And uh, it's by Eileen Dietz and Daniel Lubier. And uh, he's going to be calling in in a little bit. Jimmy Starr, and I have a caller for you. There we go. Okay. Let me patch it, it through. Here you go. Hello and welcome to the Jimmy Starr Show. Well, thank you very much. And I'm glad to be here. Good. Welcome, Eileen, everybody. This is Eileen Dietz. Before we get started, let me introduce you to everybody. You know Ron Russell because you met him at the Macabre Fair film, but he's our outrageous man about town, Ron Russell. Hey, honey. I how did. Are you? Glad you're on our show today. I'm glad to be here today. Yeah. And then we have the man behind the boards, Chad Murphy. Hello, Eileen. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi, Chad. Good to have you. Thank you. And then we have a chat room full of people. If you could just say hey to everybody in the chat room. Hey, everybody in the chat room. <laughs> there you go. So um, so we have Eileen Dietz. She was in The Exorcist. She's got a new book, which we're going to talk about in the second half of the interview, actually, when her co, uh, co-writer uh, comes on the show, Daniel. How do I pronounce Daniel's last name? Lubier. That's what I thought. Okay. Uh, we also want to say French. that. Yes, Lubier. And uh, he's going to be coming on. It's, it's a very, very good book. We're going to talk about it. I read it uh, today, actually. This morning I got up early and read it. It's a very, very good book. I, was, I learned so much stuff that I had no idea that I thought I knew that I didn't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real fast read, too, isn't it? Yes, it's a fast read. It's excellent. Um, so let's talk. First of all, we want to give a shout-out to uh, Elsie Macabre from the Macabre Fair Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Let everybody know. We were just talking about how we actually met you at the Macabre Fair Film Festival. And Adam. Adam. Adam, let's Adam Ginsberg. That's right. Adam you Ginsburg. were one of the celebrity guests a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That's how we met you. And... Um, uh, and that you and I have a lot of uh, uh, in common friends, uh, primarily, which I, I found really interesting that you dedicated the book to Chris Rowe. And there's a whole chapter about how you met Chris Rowe. Chris Rowe is one of the greatest guys. He's a great Hollywood man. Uh, he's fantastic. He's a, a good friend of mine. He's your manager, so he's obviously a great friend of yours. And uh, so we want to give him a shout out and uh, and a hello because yeah, like, well, I love when him you guys that. read the book, as you saw, I mean, Chris just changed my life. I had just reached an impasse. Um, where, man, I couldn't get arrested if I was smoking dope in front of a cop, <laughs> as I like to say. And then um, um, I met Chris when literally my whole life changed. Absolutely. And I think, uh, I think that we'll, we're going to get more into all of it, actually, uh, as we're talking about the book. I thought in general we would just talk a little bit about your career, career, and skip the exorcist stuff and then come back to it. Um, because basically Sounds good you- to me. You've been an actress for a really long time, and I know this is going to sound like super gay, and I am gay, so I guess it's okay. But like you were, in, you had a role, and you and you light up my life, which to me, like that was like when I was a little kid, that was like the song I loved. Oh, Ron's freaking out oh, now. Oh, oh man, you oh, know, let's not even sing it because once you sing it, you no, no, we're not going to sing it. We're not gonna... We used to goof on that so much. And Pat Boone's daughter, we used to like goof on them like you. Can't I believe. loved it though. The like, gay community. Okay. The gay community. Here's a piece of trivia. Here's a piece okay. of trivia for you. Um, Debbie Boone did not sing that song in the movie, nor did um, ooh, um, um, a Debbie um, a Con. What's her first name? Um, 
can't Mad- remember his first name. Uh, Mad- something Khan. Madeline Khan? Um, she didn't think it either. It was a little Armenian girl. <laughs> Didi Khan, says a voice oh, from the hallway. Right, right. That was Didi. my husband, Thomas. Um, it was Didi Khan, and she didn't sing it right. either. There was a little no. Armenian girl whose name I couldn't pronounce who sadly passed on and left oh. us on the face of the earth, but she was the one who sang it. But De- Debbie Boone made it famous. And every gay person in New York City used to vomit and throw up and goof on them and make such terrible statements about, you light up my life. And then somebody, I loved it. Wait, then somebody would light up a joint, you know. <laughs> that was like, That's really no, funny. Really. I never heard that before. Oh, yeah. I was it, I'm swearing to you. A queen would be walking down the street and she turned to her girlfriend, one of the boys, and say, you light up my life. And there she'd be with a joint, you know, smoking away. But that's what they thought of that song. It was not a good... And we hated Debbie because she's like a anti-gay person. You know, she's one of those born-agains. And she's oh, not... Oh, yeah, I know. I know. She's not very she friendly. Sing it, for, so now you know. I, you I know. think she sang the single, but she did well, not sing it in the movie. Did you, did you know when she sang that song, she was talking about Jesus, not about a boyfriend? Look, listen to the lyric. You light up my life. You give me hope. And, and it goes on I and on. I didn't know that was a religious hey, song. You, know, you guys, you guys the, are yes. wrecking it for me. I don't want to no, talk about it it's, anymore. It's on, it's on a lot of born-again Christian albums. You yes. don't want, I don't want to. You light up my life. But in the village, it was a joint. You light up a joint. Hey, you yeah. know, if it works for them and they don't prophesize it on me, Absolutely. you know, to make your life work, well, then, you know, as long, as, long, as long as they don't come to the gay pride parades with AIDS. God, <laughs> God made AIDS to kill fags. That upsets us a little bit. There you go. So let's go from. I didn't have any idea even of all that, but I loved it. I loved the song. I loved the movie. I mean, I was only in sixth grade when it came out. So how old so were you? Like, I was like twelve. Uh, I was twelve. You were twelve when that. Yeah, I was twelve when it came out. That can't yeah, be right. <laughs> it is too. I was in seventh grade. I remember it totally. Like that was. I was in chorus and I wanted to sing it. So there. Did but it I hold think up? it's fun. Um, yes. You think the movie <laughs> I, I, holds up? Uh, I don't know if it holds up now. No, probably not. But the song holds up. It's a great song, and it's got a great Let's vocal. Let's get back to you. Were 12 when that song okay, came Yeah, out. I was 12. Let's go back to something else. No, it then. is. So, and now you, so, can get, you, know, you can find the, the, the song from the movie. And then that's you don't right. have to worry about um, you know, Debbie Boone. That's right. I like that whole part. I also think it's fun because like you, uh, like all the shows that were popular when I was growing up and you were in it, Planet of the Apes was my favorite. <laughs> you were on Happy Days. Um, when I was in college, I skipped, skipped class every day to watch General Hospital at 3 o'clock Ooh. every day in the afternoon, and you were on uh, General Hospital for years. Um, how was being on General Hospital? It was one of my favorite jobs ever, obviously. I had such a great character to play. And every a lot of people on the show said, "Wow, you're in a mental hospital. You get to play this great character. All I do get to do is, is pour coffee <laughs> and talk." I mean, every day I went to that show. I mean, if your listeners don't know, I played a character named Sarah Abbott, and she was in a mental hospital because she thought she was responsible for her friend's drowning death, and in her head, she thought if she never grew up, then she wouldn't have to be responsible for anything, and so. Sarah carried a, I carried a doll around that eventually had a gun in its head. So, um, cause she didn't want her roommate to leave. Um, so you remember that? I, and people, I remember all people, of it. We actually got the second highest male, uh, next to Luke and Laura. And, um, some people sided with Heather, who I, who was the woman that uh, my roommate and, uh, some people sided with me. And um, it was a lot of fun to do shows. We did shows differently then. 
Well, I think um, we usually do I, I never, I never saw it because my parents wouldn't let me watch daytime television that was violent because I was Ooh. four or five, four or five years old. Go on YouTube. I was go on YouTube. Go on YouTube. There's some very good clips on there. I I absolutely love General Hospital, and like I had no idea. Like I didn't know that you. Uh, I wasn't allowed to watch horror movies when I was growing up. My parents thought they were terrible, so it wasn't until I got out of college, you know. And then I, you know, now I own like five hundred of them because uh, that's like my thing. But when I was wow. when I was in high school, I wasn't allowed to watch any of them because bad things always happen to young people, and my parents didn't like that. I was getting cut up and wow. slashed up in the eighties, and so I didn't get to watch any of the stuff, you know, until I was a little bit older. Now I watch everything, and I freaking love all of them. But I, I, st- I literally, I went to University of Florida. I skipped school every day to watch General Hospital and Frisco and Blackie, and uh, and even now I'm friends with uh, Colton Scott, whose real name is Stephen Martinez, who played uh, played on in the nineties, like he was on the show. Do you still watch General Hospital ever? I never watched it before, and I never watch it now. But is it still on you, the air? My, my, you know, Jimmy. You my nephew it. David, uh, David started watching it when he was a little boy, and um, he still watches it. He lives in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, that's where we moved. Um, I moved from. Now we live in Jimmy, Jimmy talked about his parents not wanting him to watch horror movies because it would scare him. My mother used to say to me, "If you don't behave, the boogeyman's going to come and get you when you're sleeping." <laughs> so oh. I mean. T- and my, my, my parents used to read me stories. My mother used to read the stories from The Wizard of Oz to go to sleep on. <laughs> I, I think mean, that's why it's so I mean, get... there's 12 books. There's not only, you know, like the one and then the two right. that just came out. There's actually right. 12 books. Did, did your mother use Boogeyman on you? Does anybody out nope. there... Did anybody out there know the boogeyman would come and get you at night? I did, except for my parents didn't. If you that. didn't behave, who the hell was the boogeyman anyway? <laughs> I mean, I like. We should. You know, we should a, do, that'd be fun to check that out. We you should know? do a movie. Where the did boogeyman, the boogeyman come from? There is a movie. The yeah, boogeyman? there's a movie called Boogeyman. Yeah. What does he look like, the boogeyman? Oh, I forgot what he looks like, but it stars like that guy, uh, Barry Watson, the guy who was on Seventh Heaven. Oh. Uh, but anyway, it was a good movie. Well, if you like horror movies, it was a good movie, so I liked it. So I think it's just fun all the way around. And we want to give a shout-out to Thomas, too, because I read all about him in your book. So, hey, Thomas, since you screamed something Jimmy really read home. your book. He just you walked really? out and waved. Okay, He's that's good. He's dressed in black. He's going to work. Um, okay. He runs a theater up here in Los Angeles, the performance okay. space. Oh, um, cool. Barnesdale Gallery Theater. So he was Wait. just on his way to work, and he just waved to me. Okay. Well, another uh, another thing, too, that I found out, like, in your book, too, is that you are a theater actress. Like, you've mm-hmm. done a ton of theater. Oh, yeah. I mean, and you read that um, it was a show I did that um, uh, directly led to me auditioning for The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. Correct. And The ex- and everything. Actually, we should just. We're going to talk about the book because, like, but the book is your career. Don't Go ahead. you love theater? No, I love. Oh yeah, and I haven't done a play in. Oh my god, I think I haven't done a play in like fifteen years. Well, um, I love. I love than that because I love theater more than really, film. Yeah, I've done it's really time-consuming. Like, so you can't if you're going to do horror conventions, for instance, it's hard to do a play because then you say, "Well, I got to take off this weekend." You mm-hmm. know, I got to leave. Yeah. And everybody goes, yeah, really? No. So it's I, hard, I, but I, I love it. I love the theater. I do, too. I the only problem I is... I love the theater. I can't remember my lines anymore. You know, I was offered a wonderful part. It was a two-man play. It was called Neil's Garden, and it was about this outrageous interior designer played by me who goes to visit his lover who was dying from AIDS, and he was having a euchanasia, a euchanasia party. 
Euthanasia party? Euthanasia. Euthanasia party. And he was going to kill himself after the boyfriend left. Wonderful writing. party? Oh my yeah. God. What was it called? Neil's Garden. Got wonderful reviews. It was a great piece of work. I couldn't remember the damn lines because it was nonstop, you know. Dialogue. Dialogue. And I just, it's terrible. I had to let it go. Okay. How were you with dialogue? With words? Well, I get, when you're on the soap, um, you kind of have to um, be good with dialogue. We used to get 35 pages a night sometimes. I mean, you can remember your lines? 35 pages a night? She yeah, well, my acting teacher. Oh, uh, my acting you, you teacher, learned 30? Wait, hang and on. My you... acting teacher, a man named Don Houghton, um, was an incredible acting. He, he's in the book, too. Unfortunately, he passed on about, oh, my God, probably 20, 18, 15 years ago. But he gave us a great technique to learn lines, which I will be glad to impart to you. Oh, um, please do. 35 pages sometimes. you learned? <laughs> 35 pages Sometimes. is a lot. 35 yeah. pages is a whole movie. How do you learn 35 <laughs> Yeah, that's true. And you have to do it in one hour. Oh, I, I couldn't. And I, you I have mean, a producer that's not fond of retakes. <laughs> I can't believe it. You do 35 pages in one night? I get through like one paragraph a night. And then the next morning I say to Jimmy, oh, crap, what the hell was it I studied last night? I think that's hilarious. <laughs> All right, so we're going to tell you a cute, funny story. When I, okay, go General, ahead. when I got General Hospital, my husband said, um, hey, listen, I've been working all my life. Is it okay if I, and this is, uh, if I leave work and just, you know, um, be a house person? And I said, yeah, but you have to, um, you know, you have to be responsible for cleaning the house, doing the washing, the ironing. I'll do the shopping, um, and you have to cue me on my lines. Well, um, I'm not on the show anymore, but Thomas still cleans the house, does the laundry, <laughs> does the ironing, <laughs> and doesn't even you... cue me anymore. And he said, well, wait a minute, what happened? And now he goes to work every day, but it's not really work. He works how, 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 did you fina- how did you finagle that, my dear? <laughs> oh, I'm just smart. <laughs> I would like, teach me that. I just added a caller for you guys. Okay, good. And now he Te- keeps saying no, and now he keeps saying I mean, can't get on another soap? Can't you get on the series so I don't have to work anymore? All right. Hang on, everybody. Hello, and welcome to the Jimmy Star Show. Is this Daniel? Yes, it is. Hi, Jimmy. How are you? Hi, Ron. Hi, Eileen. Hey, how are you? Cool. Good, good. Eileen, can you hear him? I certainly can. Hi, Dan. Hi, Eileen. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm good. I'm sitting here. My dog is on my lap. I'm sitting on the couch and um, enjoying myself immensely. Eileen was about Eileen was Eileen was about to give me two tips. One on how to get Jimmy to do the ironing and cleaning, and the other is how to memorize lines when you're working. <laughs> so Eileen, no, no, I, please, wait, I said I'd do it after the show. Oh, okay, good. I'm holding you to it. I want to get Jimmy and, to clean. And by it. the way, actually, um, my um, my PR representative, her name is Molly. Um, she's working on a college tour, so that I can tell people. Um, not only about my book and how I became an actress and what they should do after they get out of school and how to do that, but I'll also I'm going to give them some acting tips and I will tell them how to learn lines. There you, you have go. To come to my, actually, we'll, to my we'll give her. <laughs> but in LA, I'll be glad to come to we'll, LA. We'll actually give her a shout out. She's talking about how do you pronounce Molly's last name? Oh, I don't know. It's Salashi. I'm sorry, or Molly. Capi- it's, a, it's, a, it's like Italian. Capicia? 
Esalachi or something. It. I'm Italian. It's C E L A S C H I. C E L A S C H I. I promise Chale- that Dan Chale- can get a Chale- word in that choice. Anyway, it's Molly from Molina Molly Public Chalicia. Relations. Here's a, here's a, this will this will help everybody. It's Molina M A L E N A Public Relations. You can Google them. They have a website. Her name is Molly. She's fabulous. She was super great Molly in helping Chalicia. set up the interview. She was just terrific. So we want to give her a shout out. And now that we have both of you on the phone, we have Eileen Dietz and Daniel. Daniel, first of all, say hey to Chad Murphy. He's our a man behind the boards. Hey, Chad. How's it going, man? It's all good, Danny. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, guys. Good to, uh, good to talk to you all again. And also, uh, give a shout-out to everybody in the chat room. Hey, what's going on, everybody in the chat room? All Thanks right, for, there you go. All right, hey, so Dan, now... you have a good radio voice. You should yeah, you do, Dan. about um, changing your day job. There I'm you working go. on it. I'm working Thanks. on it. You sound you can, great. You, you, I mean, you really you, you can... sound different than on the phone. <laughs> and you could also be one of those call-in guys, you know, talk dirty to me, baby. <laughs> hey, you make extra money, you know, why not? I told Jimmy I want to do daddy porn. He said he'd kill me. There you go. Yeah, you're not doing that. You so know that Dan has a wife and a, what is he, a two-year-old son? That's okay. Uh, a four-year-old son. No, four-year-old. Not, no. That's okay. You better be careful what you say about him. All right. Well, well I, don't, I hope his children aren't listening. <laughs> Not at all. So we, Let's we, go back. We, we give a warning in the beginning of the show. You know, if you're like young or whatever, you shouldn't hear the crap that goes on here. <laughs> we're just a little nutty. Well, all you right. know what? We're number nine in the best radio show in the world, so I guess the crap that we give is okay. There you go. I'll take that. People sort of like us. All right. So now we're going to get back to some promotions here. So we've got I, I held the a book up. Give me know, the book. Wait, got, give me, give me, give me. Wait a second. Please, please, please let me Easy, Easy. Easy. May I please All right. First of all, everybody, so we have Eileen Dietz and Daniel Lubier. They have a, a book that they've co-written together. It's called Exercising My Demons, An Actress's Journey to the Exorcist and Beyond. It's 1999. Where, do, where does everybody get this book, you guys? In a bookstore, Jimmy. Not every bookstore. No. No? Really. no. So you don't know. So no. Go ahead. Tell us where we get do. it. The easiest thing to do, um, there's two easy things to do. You can go on exercisingmydemons.net. Um, That's the and website. There's a, a click. There's a click for PayPal, and there's a click for a credit card. And if you do it that way, it'll go through me, um, me and or uh, Dan, and you will get an autograph copy. There you the go. That's choice, the best way. You can go right through on. Amazon. You know, you can go through Amazon. You can go through Barnes and Noble on their link. Now, the thing is, if you go through Amazon, you go through Barnes and Noble, and you want an autograph. You can get in touch with me, and I will send you what they call a book plate, and it's something that you can stick right into your book. There you go. So, again, the website is exercisingmydemons.net. And, um, it's and a- this is a little bit about it. Exercising My Demon is a story about dreams, about talking great, taking great chances, believing in yourself, and never looking back. For Eileen Dietz, a skinny little flat-chested buck toothed child from Queens. What the hell are you crazy, right? That stuff like that? <laughs> you know, lie a little. I do. I say I'm 53. For Eileen uh, from Queens, those dreams and what is that? My dream? I haven't got glasses. Material, right? Uh, let me see. I can't a myriad of choices led <laughs> to a role in the scariest movie of hey, all Dan, time. Hey, Dan, they don't exercise. need us. These guys can just talk back and forth. No. <laughs> well, no, yeah, no, no. Well, we're not a talk show. Like, I don't ask a question and get an answer. That's boring. This is conversations with. 
So we all have conversations among each other. As Joe Rivers said, talk among yourselves. We're okay, busy. so so I want to go. Okay, so first of all, I want to say it's an excellent book. Everybody out there, you should read it. I read the book. It's very, very good. It's very interesting. Um, it, it doesn't just cover Eileen's life with the exorcist. It basically covers like Eileen's life. So you learn everything about it. She's had a fantastically interesting life. Um, and she's also a part of the most influential and like the scariest Tory movie of all time. It had a ten Academy Award nominations. And here's what I didn't know. Uh, and I read, read the back Detail. of the book. Okay, so Eileen Dietz did not get. Uh, first of all, have you had backlash from this book? No. Eileen? Okay. Eileen, no, no, no. I would. I. I was not. <laughs> no, Dan. If it hasn't happened yet, it won't happen. Don't. Don't okay. you think? You know how scared I was the whole time I was writing the book. I was worried. And okay, I didn't so, know. It, and Ron doesn't it, know like, this. I didn't discuss this because he doesn't like to know stuff. But she I does. Hate to in, know anything about my guests. in the movie, she does all the bad stuff. Like she does all the masturbation, crucifixion scene. Oh, I know. She that. does all the different stuff, but she's not credited for any of it in the movie. And there was a big backlash in this uh, when the movie that came at the out. Show, oh, okay, well, I didn't know. Show. I didn't yeah, actually yeah. know that I, you didn't Eileen, get any I want to ask you a question. Do you have an uncle by the name of Leonard Dietz, Lenny Dietz, or no. relative? Oh, because he was a famous drag queen. He was Daisy D, my hair coloring teacher at school. And his name was Lenny D. Yes. Now, why don't you talk about how you found my experience, like especially when uh, they said that I could never work in this town again. Oh, wow. That was brutal. Um, I mean, when she first told me that, you know, you, you've heard all those, those canned stories in the, in the past, you know, that quintessential, you'll never work in this town again. And I mean, Absolutely. Uh, to hear, hear it come from her mouth was just kind of overwhelming and I, and I really didn't even know if I had the, was the right guy frankly to uh to kind of bring that story to paper but uh yeah that was that was pretty cruel pretty brutal to hear um and then hopefully we you know we did an effective job at telling that kind of story along with the her, her entire life story but but particularly that part that really resonated well, I'm not uh, clear who so. said it who said this um, Billy you want to tell him <laughs> Tell me who yeah. said this. I'll have him killed. Uh, Dan, put, uh, Dan put this incredible, uh, the way he wrote it was, uh, I was invited to come out to California by Warner Brothers, and by, uh, or at least by Billy Freakin, and I went on the Warner Brothers lot, and I was, I was so happy. I was dancing up and down the lot, and I went, oh, my God, all my dreams are coming true. I'm in California. Um, you know, I'm on this lot where movie stars, uh, you know, strode up and down, and I went into the office, and... Somebody had released the story that I was in the film when I promised not to be in the film. Um, and someone else released the story, and they said I did. And um, the sun went away, the way Dan wrote it. The sun went down. I, there were no, you know, no more dancing on Warner Brothers. My whole life just flashed in front of my face um, because everything came apart. And they want, a bunch they want of agents were going to sign me, and they didn't. But, it's a dirty um, deal. You have to read the book, guys. Absolutely. Everybody needs to read the book because it's totally, uh, you know, it's totally she didn't get any credit. She wasn't supposed to be in it. They wanted everybody to think Linda Blair did all those things, which she couldn't have done because she was a 12-year-old kid, you know, back well, at she that time. Been Listen, two things up. are important here. Two things are okay. important. I had signed an agreement that I wasn't going to get credit, so it's not Correct. something that they did. Right. Um, so that I signed an agreement that I wasn't going to get credit because they felt that, uh, the movie would be scarier if Linda did all the work by herself. Um, and to this day, I think Linda was incredible in the film. I, I know, not she was great. away from her. And uh, she won a Golden Globe. It's too bad she didn't win the Oscar. I wish she had. I wish the film had won 
all 10 Oscars. Uh, I have nothing against that. I was just really disappointed in, um, that they, they that uh, Billy Freakin felt that I had given the story to the press. Right, it was kind of like the Michael Jackson thing where he wasn't yeah. supposed to disclose anything well, and then the story got yeah. out. You weren't supposed to say anything, so it wasn't supposed to get And it's funny because as, as a young horror fanatic, I had always been told that you were in the film, so like I always just thought it was you because I, I guess I didn't really like research into it a whole lot. I just be, took people's words for it and, uh, and just thought it was cool. That's why like, I was always so like, – because like, I've seen the movie like 50 times. I think it's like one of the greatest movies ever, and it's definitely for a, a horror I. You know, person who's influenced by horror movies, like it's the movie Eileen, that everybody has to see. Did you have a manager at the time? Um, I had an agent in New York, but they thought the whole thing was funny. And they allowed yeah. that. When, and when, and, and when they, they allowed that. Pardon? They allowed that that you were going to be non-credited for that film. Yeah, because they thought the whole thing was just funny, and I mean, everybody has to understand. Nobody knew the Exorcist was going to become the Exorcist. Okay. You know, it was I, just I, I horror film so. we were shooting. I need and to Mercedes say something. And Mercedes McCambridge agreed to the same thing. Right. I need to say something, and this is the truth. The movie was okay. What made the movie was when you were throwing up, spinning around, and flying. That was a mo- that's that was a, clip. That's a robot, wasn't it? That wasn't you? She spit. You the, did dummy? the dummy was, uh, was, they, it was the first time they ever created anything that could do what that dummy did. And that dummy was a replica uh, of Reagan. So what did you so, do exactly in the film? Nothing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> nothing? No, she didn't. He didn't read I the book, Eileen. I, 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 I missed the whole thing. He didn't read the book. So you were never in the film. No, no, you she, have to read the book. I can't. I will, I'm reading six scripts right now. I have no time to read a book. <laughs> she but said, I will well, the good news you. about the book, though, the good news about the book is that Dan made those chapters really, really short. So Absolutely. it's not like you look at a book sometimes and you go, oh, my God, I don't have time to read this. Um, you could read the chapters in a few minutes. Absolutely. It's terrific. Right, Dan? Dan, Dan are you still yeah. there? Yeah, Dan, oh, I'm still here. I have I just to add something. You know, the, I do have to add something. When the whole controversy came down, Warner Brothers had absolutely, and Warner Brothers produced The uh, Exorcist, Warner Brothers had absolutely nothing to do with it. And Because oh, I had said, you know, something about Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers had absolutely nothing to do with what happened after the film. Um, that was totally Billy Freakin' and um, and they felt they were helping the film, I suppose, because they truly, honestly felt that if everybody felt Linda um, had done that work, it would be a lot scarier. That's dirty theater. They felt that I'd broken my word, and I hadn't which was the the hard part on my side. But Warner Brothers was totally innocent about the whole thing. They had nothing to do with what came down. So let's, I just wanted to make that clear. Let's bring Dan into it. So, Dan, how did you get hooked up with Eileen to, to help write or to, to write the book? Sure. Uh, I actually uh, did my first book with the same publisher, Author Mike uh, Inc., and when they accepted it, they also came back to me and said, hey, we've got a, you know, we've got a bit of an opportunity for you. Are you familiar with Eileen D tonight? And you know, honestly, I'll, I'll, I'll be frank, I, I wasn't terribly familiar with her. I knew that she was involved with some type of you know, like controversy with The Exorcist, and I said, well, you know, I'm happy to uh, you know, give it a shot. And um, 
you know, I mean, obviously I was thrilled, but I, you know, I tried to play it off kind of professionally to them. But uh, yeah, you know, but, uh, they said, do a little research on them, on her, uh, you know, give her a call, find out what she wants to do, see what you guys can do with the book. And, and it was, it was honestly a blessing and an honor. I, I don't mean that lightly. Um, you know, having, having been, it was so difficult for, for Eileen to, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Eileen, but in my perspective, it was very difficult for her to, to really open up and tell this story. So to be the, the guy, in essence, to, to be that person to whom she told this story was truly uh, just, you know, again, an honor. I, I, I don't know how I just kind of fell into that and, and lucked into this type of a situation, but it was, it was great. And, you know, having not known her very well to begin with, uh, hearing her story, you know, firsthand, all these accounts were, was just amazing. It was truly amazing. And, uh, I mean, okay. I think when I, I told Eileen when we went back and proofread the book, you know, writing it was one thing, but then you go back and you do the series of edits and proofreading. When when we proofread this thing together, that was the like the oh my god moment, like holy crap, this is a this is an amazing story, and I was even more for I felt even more fortunate having having written it with her. Well, I promise I will read the book because of what you're saying and what the subject matter is. I also am very pissed off about this because my good friend Beryl Davis, who has passed on, was a singer. She sang in Rita Hayworth's voice and so many Eleanor Parker, so many movie actresses in Hollywood, she dubbed her voice and never got film credit. Uh, there was a well, couple actually, of- nobody really got film credit um, until I did. Until, um, I mean, it, it, to me, it's just so silly. The woman in Flashdance that did all the dancing. Yeah, all the dancing. Um, yeah. There was she a didn't big story cre- then. She and didn't get credit even either? Just now, um, no. Now, um, what the hell is wrong with this? Now, <laughs> no, well, no, 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 no. Now, with the Natalie uh, Black Swan, um, this whole big story came on that that Natalie Portman didn't do all that ballet dancing in the movie, and that movie's my favorite movie of the last oh, yeah. years. I think it's phenomenal. And I was thinking, to use your language, who gives a crap who did the dancing in that film? I mean, who cares? That's not what the film was about. The film no, but was about a cracked mirror. Listen, in the if dressing you, room, and about her her descent into this kind of madness. Who cares whether she's today, today, the dancing or not? I'm sorry, the, I could start to vent. Yeah, the credits in the movie today run for 10 minutes after a film is over. They credit everybody, even the woman that puts the toilet paper in the, in the crap house, okay? <laughs> now, do not, listen, I don't care who you are. If you have one thing to do with that film, to make it a film that's wonderful, you need to be credited. I swear to you, I'm going to go tell everybody now about you. <laughs> I'm, I'm pissed off. Everybody you have to understand that I agreed. I agreed not to get credit. I know that because you were new and exciting and you wanted to get there and you were willing to <laughs> forfeit that. But now as an established actress, you tell them to go screw themselves because I would. If they wanted me <laughs> to see, do the something. Other thing, the, the other thing, if you read the book, um, I was initially only hired to help out with the masturbation thing. And, oh, I think that's uh, horrific. But they, this story gets worse as I hear it. <laughs> I did a screen test, and we tested out some of the special effects, and then I was only hired to do the masturbation scene, but then I ended up working on the, the film for like three and a half months. Um, so someone said you could do one scene in a movie, and they felt to be scarier. She did it, and I was young and impressionable, and I said, sure. Um, if I was doing one scene in a movie now, I probably would say the same thing. So did, let's, it, did let's, it qualify you for a SAG card? No. I got my oh! SAG card years before that. But that is an interesting thing to say because people have called me a double through the years. And if I were a double, 
I wouldn't be getting residuals, and I've been getting residuals from The Exorcist since 1973. There you go. That's so we have we only have like four minutes, and I have a quick question, like because I know you do a lot of conventions. Anybody who wants to. Uh, uh, book you for conventions you can go to CR Management, uh, which is Chris Rowe, who's a great guy. Uh, but I, since also Linda Blair also does a lot of conventions, have you ever like spoken to her? Like, do you guys speak and see each other and stuff? Uh, running into each yeah, other? Yeah, we don't. Get, we don't. We don't get along. Okay. Did you ever want to throw up on her? <laughs> like green, green, green slime? You know, green no. slime. Um, my, my book on purpose doesn't. You know, right, Dan? Dan, tell me yes. about our feelings about. Um, the controversy. You don't have. To, yeah, don't no. Have to I mean, it's. I guess it's really like a misunderstanding, and, and from, again, from my perspective, it, it really is. I mean, Eileen's never said to me anyway, and even publicly, she's never really said anything about you know negative toward toward Linda. I mean, you, you've praised her, Actually, her, praised uh, her performance her up and down, it, and rightfully so. Throughout the book, all you do is say what a great right. job she did. Well, everywhere let's put it this way, kids. Linda Blair is nowhere to be seen. Eileen is. There you go. We'll go with what? that. Uh, I said, well, what do you mean? Well, Lin- making movies. Linda Blair's not doing anything. She's sitting home, you know, with the with petunias. No, Linda does a lot of Linda does a lot of conventions. She used to do conventions. Wonder World, and and, uh, and and every once in a while she works. As an every actress. once in a while she works you know. as an actress. I've never yeah. seen. I mean, her she in did. Years. I think she did. Uh, what's that thing on? Uh, I did a convention with her last year at, uh, in New Jersey. I did the um, what was it, the Chiller Theater one? She was yes. there. I didn't actually get to meet her personally, but actually, that's another thing that's cool in the book is how you mention all the cool conventions and stuff. So it's a very good. I want to make sure we get all the stuff out of it again, so everybody can uh, can get the book. You can go to www.exercisingmydemons.net. The book's by Eileen Dietz and Daniel Lubier. It's it's very very good book. I think you guys will love it. Um, I'm go- uh, I'm going to read it. I'm going to hold it up. If you guys are watching us, you'll see I'm putting the book right on the camera. A good close up of the book. I think it's great. See like viewers, that you're, you can see the uh, cover. That's that you, the cover. Get the book. It and, sounds great. And we want to give a shout. Like out. I said, if you go to PayPal, you can get um, or through Master Charge, you can get it autographed. Or if you go to Amazon. And you can go on my website, which is IreneDeeds.com, and um, tell me you would like a book plate, and just send me the postage for an envelope, and I'll send you a book plate, and it can be autographed. There you go. That's awesome. And I'm happy you're getting residuals. And I want to congratulate. <laughs> I want to congratulate the both of you for the book and for both of your careers. Daniel as a writer, Eileen as a as an all around everything. Yes. Um, you guys are both fantastic. We want to thank you for coming on the Jimmy Star Show. Uh, make sure to say hello to Chris Rowe for me. And uh, we want to thank you guys for coming on the show. And anytime yeah, you wait, 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 wait. Before you go, it's Chris Rowe Management at gmail dot com. If somebody wants to get in touch with me for something else. Um, it's so I will repeat Chris Rowe management at gmail.com. There you go. Perfect. So thanks a lot for guys, for both of you for coming on the show. Uh, we appreciate it. Good luck with the book. Good luck with future projects. And anytime you have anything to promote, let us know. And we'll have you oh, back on. Oh, and by on. the way, yeah. Oh, you should look up Ink Mike. Is that what it is, Dan? Inkmike.com? Oh, it's, it's uh, Author Mike Inc. Uh, Author Mike com. Inc. And that's the publisher, Author Mike Inc. So uh, why don't we give his website? Because he also has published a book about Kane Hodder. And okay. he's coming up with one with Tom Savini. So I he's actually, just, you know, going crazy with it. I have, I actually have Kane Hodder's book. Tom Savini's a good friend of mine. It's authormikeinc.com. Yeah, Ink with a K. Turning into the House of Horrors over there. 
That's right. INK.com. Oh, so wait, guys, wait, wait, wait. I'm not going to let you go yet. Um, yes, we're we're, gonna go, we have we're going off the air in a minute. We have 30 seconds. Hurry. We're going to go right off. DanLubier.com. Or is it Lubier Dan? DanLubier.com? Is that it, Dan? Oh, yeah. DanLubier.com. It's, it's, uh, we're having a bit of a snafu, but it'll be up shortly. All right. All right. Write fiction. Thanks so much for coming Eileen, on the Star Show. It was, it was, was a so pleasure. Ni- it was so nice meeting you, Eileen, and thanks for coming on the show. You're terrific. And, and you thank too, you, Dan. Dan. Okay. Also. Thank you thank so much, you. guys. Appreciate it. Great. Bye-bye. Have a good day, folks. You too. Right. Bye. Bye. All right, chat Bye-bye. room, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Jimmy Star Show. We got a great show for you next week. Chad, thanks for doing a great job. As always, you're a rock star. Roger that. Later. Bye. Okay, see you all next week. Bye. Sometimes it goes just hypnotize me.